You're listening to the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast with Chris and Garrett. Hi, this is Chris, and welcome to the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast. This is a special episode, a sort of late Halloween treat, something you might find at the bottom of your trick-or-treat bag. So as listeners of the podcast know, we have covered Stephen King's Silver Bullet uh, on a couple of occasions. It's one of our favorites uh, as far as Stephen King adaptations go. It's one of my favorite werewolf movies. And it was also a movie filmed here in our home state of North Carolina. So it definitely has a special place in our heart. Uh, It also has a special place in the hearts of the two guys who run the Facebook page for Silver Bullet, Dale and Craig. We were fortunate to get some time with them recently to talk about the page, talk about the movie, talk about what we love about it. And what follows is a really fun conversation. Dale and Craig were just fantastic guests, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this special episode. There's Dale. Hey, Dale. I'm here. What's up, man? Uh, not much, man. Just trying to stay awake. I'm, I'm a little. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I had, we had a football game tonight and um, I had to take my boy, I take my son home, but I got to take two of his friends home, all that kind of stuff. So, and no, we had, no we, it was usually, it's usually Friday night football, but tonight it got switched. So, all right, right let no me problem, get Craig no. in the room here and we'll, oh, by the way, Dale, this is Chris. Chris, Dale. Hey, Chris. Hey there. Hey, uh, before I get Craig in the room, hey, does Craig? Because one time before I was going to post something with him or about him, and he said, "Well, just go ahead and put it the page name, but don't put my name down." Is he like? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, like before we really get going, is he is he really conscientious about his about his identity or anything? I mean, obviously he agreed to be on the podcast, but I don't know. I mean, I've I have no clue to be honest. Okay, I right. I was just I didn't know because like you you know him a lot longer than I have, so I just wanted to. Well, this is going to be the first time I've ever heard his voice. Oh, oh wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is going to be wild. Okay, this is great. This is going to be fun. This is this, this to be good. We're this witnessing be good. history. This is awesome. This is, this is awesome. <laughs> okay. All right, Craig. Come on in. Let's get, let's get you in here. Uh, oh, I love that. I love his Yeah, look at, that. look at awesome. that face. That's his real face, by the way. That is awesome. Yeah. No, it, it's the one on the left, not the right. The right's not really him. <laughs> <laughs> it's very appropriate for tonight. Craig, are you there, bud? Okay, oh, his stuff's not yet. I'm not seeing it. I mean, he's you there, but I, not. I, I did lie. I have heard his voice in some of his face uh, Facebook videos, but oh, okay, yeah. Now, that, now that I think about it, yeah, I'm seeing the stuff. It's got to get. It's got to get. Yeah, okay, I'm asking to unmute. He don't got to go on video if you don't want to, but he can. Uh, he can. Yeah, he can leave that. He can leave that cool. He, he he can leave that cool picture up if he wants to. That's awesome. That is that is a pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take a picture of that so we can. Before he, t- in, in case he does. Yeah, yeah I, got, I was. I, I was I'm just do- documenting uh, this. I was. He's probably in the middle of transforming back to human form. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> it takes a minute. <laughs> he's like, hold on. 
I got to finish. <laughs> I got <laughs> hey guys, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, Craig. Craig. Hey, Craig. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad. I don't know if you've been hearing us. We've been raving about the image that you have on uh, on your Zoom. Like we we definitely approve. It's great. Oh, thanks. Yes. I, I put that together a while back because uh, uh, of course I've always been a fan of the Universal horror classics and everything. And the Wolf yeah, Man same one. here. Yeah, that's so. awesome. Yeah, the Wolf Man was the very first one I ever saw. I still remember it was like late Saturday night. They showed it on the local station. Uh, it was like at midnight and I was, I think I was about eight or nine and my dad, my dad worked nights on the weekends. And so I would stay up until he got home and it just worked out that that movie was coming on and it, it was awesome. Like I still can vividly remember watching it. It's a great movie. Yeah. So Craig, this is Chris, Chris, you, Chris, obviously Craig. And then, and then I've already introduced Dale to Chris as well. Yeah, so we're we're really excited to have you guys on just because we're fans of Silver Bullet. And I know Garrett um, had kind of told me about your Facebook page. And so then I went to it and, um, you know, Silver Bullet has has always kind of had a special place, uh, you know, in my heart when it comes to werewolf movies for lots of reasons and was super impressed with the page. I felt like, yeah, these guys are really into this movie. This is awesome. <laughs> Um, you know, Garrett and I, we've talked about it so much, and I know you you guys have probably seen Garrett's stuff with the locations, and um, just last month, was it, Garrett? I think we got to see Silver Bullet on the big screen in Raleigh yeah. months ago. August, August, yeah, maybe. It was August, that's right. It was August, yeah. So, and I had never seen it on the big screen. Um, and so it was just mind-blowing to finally see it kind of as it was originally intended. Where um, in the world was this at? So this was at Alamo Draft House in Raleigh. Um, there's Alamo Draft Houses all over the yeah. country. In fact, it was kind of a road show. Like there was a guy who was traveling to all of the Alamo Draft House movie theaters across the country to present Silver Bullet because he was, um, I believe he was a, a writer. He had written like a graphic novel about werewolves and he works for Alamo. So he would go around and before the movie started, he would kind of give like a little summary of like the history of how Silver Bullet came to the screen and what it was based on with Stephen King's, um, you know, Cycle of the Werewolf. And um, so, yeah, it's they I think we were the last stop. I remember him saying something about Raleigh was the last stop. But the great thing about Alamo and I mean, if you have one near where you live, I know there's. They're kind of scattered all over the country. They're not like a big, big chain, but they are starting to spread out more. Mm. They usually will show movies like Silver Bullet, like every you know summer or during October. Like right now, they're showing some of the Universal classic uh, monster movies. Um, they've got like Dracula, mm. and then there's like a Wolfman, Invisible Man double feature that they've got going on. So yeah, I totally encourage you to check out their website. Um, and you can sign up and they'll send you like notifications when stuff is, is coming. And, you know, so you can get tickets ahead of time, but yeah, there, there are great, if you, you know, I've told Garrett before, like Alamo draft house is like a movie lovers movie theater. I mean, it yeah. is like made for the movie fan. And uh, it is really great. I've definitely heard of it before, but 
I didn't know they were everywhere. I've only heard of the one in I think um, Austin or San Antonio. Yeah. That was the the one in Austin is the original one. Okay. Yeah, and they're they just opened up one in Boston, and uh, they're all. And we went to one in Raleigh, obviously. Yeah, the, there's there's only does. one in North Carolina in Raleigh. Um. So yeah, no. Uh, so we I was really excited that we got to see it uh, a couple of months ago because you know Garrett and I have been talking about this movie a lot we did an episode where we did a movie commentary for the movie um and so just to have you guys on just to really talk about this movie because we definitely love it yeah uh, because we're fans but i feel like that it, and i feel like we're super fans but but we're talking to oh. two two of the two of the two bigger super fans than us so I'm like, no, I will, no, 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 no. I will give, I will give where credit, no. where credit's due. No, I would just say we're all equal. Because well, yeah, I don't know. I looked at that it. Facebook page and I just felt like, yeah, exactly. I think Craig's I'm got it. Okay, okay, Craig thought, okay, Dale, maybe we're equal, but Craig is definitely, yeah, Craig's definitely over. got it. Craig's definitely got it. Yeah. So I, I hope That's you guys online, I'd love to ask um, y'all some questions, you know, just, to talk about the movie, talk about the Facebook page, because we do have listeners who are fans of this movie. I mean, I've gotten the comments and anytime we talk about Silver Bullet, I seem to get some sort of reaction from folks. So definitely want to, for those who aren't familiar with your Facebook page, I want to be able to kind of give them a chance to find out about it. Cause I mean, it's just, it's a great page. I, I really, I love um, whenever I go on Facebook, you know, I, I like to, go in and because sometimes it'll serve it up for me right off the bat if there's something on there but sometimes i have to go looking for it um but i wanted to if it's okay with you guys i just wanted to ask you some initial questions just to kind of you know hear the story of like how you guys kind of came to silver bullet like how you discovered it um and so yeah so i don't you know guys and i'll just leave it to you whoever wants to start off like how do you remember the first time you saw silver bullet um, what was your experience like? Yeah, I don't. <clears throat> I'll start out. I guess um, I remember the first time I watched Silver Bullet. I was in third grade, um, growing up in a small town in Georgia. Um, it was I had a buddy named Joey Freeman. Um, we both loved that movie. We would go and rent it any chance that we got um, from the uh, the local. It was it was an appliance store that also also so sold um, VHS tapes. So. We would go and we would rent it. We would watch it anytime it was on TV. We would, uh, we were literally at school being nerds, like reenacting scenes from the movie. And no one had any clue what what we were doing. They just looked at us like we were so weird. And, you know, one of us would be the werewolf. The other one would be Marty. And it was just, just my favorite movie from, you know, third grade. I mean, simple as that. Dale, you little piece of sh- oh, <laughs> we're reenacting. You meddling little, sh- <laughs> you meddling little. Sh- <laughs> You're going to the principal's office, show, man. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I got another story about the cat's eye where I got in trouble for reenacting that. So that's for another podcast. Oh, that's hilarious! Oh, that's great. <laughs> another movie we love. Well, I'll go second. It was like before Craig goes, I'll go in to tell you. Like for me, I can't remember being in third grade. I was, it was probably sixth or seventh grade, I guess around that time frame. But it already came out to the theaters and I think it came on HBO. And and Chris and I have had many conversations about HBO and the movies that we got to watch that we probably shouldn't have watched at our age, but thank God for it. <laughs> but I watched it there for the first time. 
And I even found, I used to record, I used to get, I used to like, I had the double D, I had the double VCR set up where I would, I would, I would rent it. I would play it. I would record, I would play it and record it at the same time. So mm-hmm. I had my own copy of whatever yeah. I had rented. I found, I found my little sheet thing and it, and it says like, I had like G1, G2, G3, G4, and then I had like three movies on each thing. And I forgot which one it was, but it, like I had it listed out like a G, G6 had Silver Bullet listed there with like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe Raw Deal or something. I don't know what it was, but I had something else listed as well with it. So for me, that's where my first time. And so from, and so I think because of, you know, like being, I was about, I think Marty or Corey Haim and I are, are close to the same age. I think he's a little bit older than me, but not by much. So like, I think maybe he's about six months older than me. So it's kind of like, I felt like I identified about the same age. And that's why I love Corey Haim, I think all along anyway, because like I saw him in, Silver Bullet, and then I was kind of in Lost Boys, Dream a Little Dream, you know, License to Drive, all the other stuff that he did going yeah. up. Yeah, it's kind of followed him along on that path, but it started with Silver Bullet, and it was just – and I, I don't think at the time we were talking about this, I don't even remember knowing that it was filmed in North Carolina at all until later. I, exactly. I just, loved, I just loved the movie. That's, that's what I can yeah. tell you. So that's how I got yeah. into it. Yeah. Craig, how did you discover Silver Bullet? Well, uh, this is uh, back when I was in junior high. Uh, of course, I saw the uh, commercials for it and everything, and I didn't get to see it in the theaters, and, uh, of course, but uh, uh, eventually uh, a girl that I was dating in junior high, she had, uh, I guess, rented it and uh, went over and saw it at uh, her house. And uh, it was you know, it was pretty scary, kind of freaked me out a little bit at the time, but I still, I still loved it. I was fascinated by it and everything. And... Uh, I was a fan ever since, and after that, uh, just kind of off and on, just rented it uh, uh, from the uh, our local video stores out here and everything, and uh, just became one of my uh, favorite uh, movies, favorite werewolf movies yeah. uh, in general, and uh, along with uh, The Howling and American Werewolf in London and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much how I uh, first discovered it. You know, was seeing yeah. it uh, in the access. It's a pretty cool story. Your your junior high girlfriend. At her house, that's. Yeah. I wish I had a junior high girlfriend who who invited me over to watch Silver Bullet. <laughs> I was. It took it a long tough. time till I had a girlfriend who would yeah. say, "Come to my house and watch, say, watch Silver Bullet." That's, <laughs> my girlfriend still hasn't happened. What am I talking about? If I drug this video out, she she'd been like, "We're done." We're done. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. So my story, I think, is pretty similar. Look, some of the things that you guys have shared, I'm like, "Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I relate to that," but. I remember when the book Cycle of the Werewolf came out, you know, a few years before. And of course, that was at a time where, you know, Stephen King was like, you know, anything that was like Stephen King, I wanted to just like consume it. And I remember picking up a copy of Cycle of the Werewolf because it was something I had not heard about. Like it kind of caught me by surprise. And when I opened it up and, and if you're familiar with it, you know, it's illustrated by Bernie Wrightson, who was one of my all-time favorite comic book artists. I actually got to meet him about two years before he passed away. Super nice guy. I gushed enthusiastically about Cycle of the Werewolf, and he he humored me, but I could tell he was like, God, not another one of these, these fans. But, <laughs> but I just loved the artwork, and I also um, would read Fangoria magazine and Starlog magazine back then. Garrett and I have talked about those. And when I saw that they were doing, uh, you know, they were doing an adaptation of it, 
I was just like, I, I, you know, I wasn't old enough to go see R-rated movies, and my parents were the kind where like, no, we're not taking you to see an R-rated movie. So I waited. I kind of bided my time until um, one of my friends, uh, in fact, a good friend of of Garrett's and mine, um, he rented it, and so I got to see it one Friday night, and I was in high school. And I just, I can still remember watching it and it just, it did not disappoint. It lived up to everything that I was expecting. And it's, it's a movie that I go back to at least, you know, during Halloween, it's one I just love to pull up and watch. Um, And then of course, you know, when Garrett and I started this podcast, I had a list of movies that I'm like, movies that I want us to cover at some point. And this was like one in the top 10. So um so yeah, and it's just it, it is one of those things where just everything about it, like Corey Haim, as we've talked about, Gary Busey, who is Gary so, Busey, can't oh, God. So in this movie, you know, just typical Gary Busey, but just loved him, loved his relationship with uh, with Corey Haim, and I thought they were really good together. And I remember, you know, all of the controversy about the look of the werewolf where, you know, like the filmmakers were like, it looks like a bear. And I, but I thought this is an awesome looking werewolf. I like it's 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 slightly different from, you know, the traditional like with American Werewolf and, you know, and the Howling and even previous movies. But I just love the look of it. I loved um, and like Garrett, I didn't know it was filmed in North Carolina until much later. And once I found that out, it just made me love the movie even more because now I knew where it had been filmed. Um, so, you know, I, um, yeah, so I think it's it's really cool that we kind of there's there's some similar threads in how we came to this movie. Um, I'm curious, though, because, you know, and I, I know that, um, Craig, you mentioned, you know, other werewolf movies um, and we talked about Wolfman and um, last year, I actually showed my youngest son um, the old black and white movie, uh, Werewolf in London, uh, yeah. which I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, that was yeah. a lot of fun watching that with him. But I, I wanted to get y'all's take on the idea, like, where do you think Silver Bullet, how does it stand out among other werewolf films? Like, what is it about it that to you guys, like, it just it's at a level, you know, different from the others? Well, it's uh, it's, um, it's like I think that. It, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Craig. Um, I wasn't really sure what to add. You can go ahead. <laughs> uh, um, I was just gonna say I think that what separates it from other uh, werewolf movies is that it has heart. You know, um, there's not a whole lot of horror movies out there that that have that. Uh, I would probably say Silver Bullet and Bad Moon, or you know. Mm on the same level as far as you know yeah. like a heart i don't know if you guys have seen bad moon yeah no that's one i've seen it's been a long yeah. time but just you saying it's like oh man i've got to dig that one back up because yeah i know exactly what you're saying it's like that's it definitely yeah so Would is that you the say one with hemingway yeah mario hemingway that's yeah one. Yep. yep yeah yeah that was a good one yeah and um like you were saying is uh like the, the way the werewolf is designed i feel like um i was very happy with the way it looks I, I never had any problems with it i feel like um i feel like it's a more realistic werewolf um i you know when you, some of the werewolf movies go over the top with it and i feel like this was more based in reality you mm-hmm. know if you can say that um i don't know i just feel like it's 
those two things, the yeah. the way the werewolf looks and then, you know, the heart that the movie has. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty much something. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you hit it right on the head. I think there's there's such a, a depth to Silver Bullet, the relationship with the characters, you know, with Marty and his sister and with, you know, Red and, you know, Marty. And it's just like, it's unique um, compared to the other ones. Like, you know, like uh, a couple years ago, I think it was, I think it was two years ago, Garrett, we watched, we did a commentary for American Werewolf in London. And I love that movie. I think it's great. It's it's one of you know my favorites. But uh, you know, thinking about that movie in relation to Silver Bullet, there's just there there is so much more heart in this movie um, than say in American Werewolf in London or or even other werewolf movies that came out at the time. Now I had mentioned Cycle of the Werewolf. Have either of you read that? I have. Yeah. yeah, my my friend Joey that I was telling you about that we used to reenact it. His his mom was uh, a really big Stephen King fan, so that's really how I found out about it. Yeah, um, and just like you, I love, love the illustrations the most. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't a big reader back in third grade, but I love flipping through it and seeing all the gory pictures. Yeah, yeah, those are some great. Yeah, the those um, there's some images in that book that I think have just stayed with me ever since because they just were so they did such a great job of just capturing these moments in the story that you know really scary the one one where the wolf is walking through holding or pulling the uh the the kite behind him i love that yep there's the one where he is reaching in through the window and like the car and he's like got a hold of the person's face oh and the face is like he's like ripping it's like that it blew my mind when I saw that as a kid. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So when we went to see it at Alamo, this guy that we were talking about that was doing, you know, the introduction to the movie before we started watching it, he said something that I, I just must have missed. I never knew this. And, I'm, you know, maybe you guys, because I know you guys provide so much detail about the movie and details around the movie. But apparently the way that this whole thing began was Bernie Wrightson approached Stephen King about doing a calendar. And it was like, you know, 12 months, these illustrations would serve as the calendar illustrations. And he basically said, hey, Steve, do you think you could do like just a a little blurb for each month that's kind of telling the story of this werewolf that's plaguing this town over the course of a year? And you know, King was like, well, let me take a, let me take a crack at that. And so then he just started writing a lot more than Bernie writes. Yeah, I'm going to write a novella. That's what yeah, I'm exactly, going to do. Exactly. I'm going to create a novella here. A novella. That's what so I'm doing. It, not, not a short story, not a, not a novel, a novella. That's what we're doing. So I never knew that, but it's, it certainly does line up with other things I've heard about Stephen King, just about how you can't ask Stephen King to write a little something. It's like he's gonna, he's going to take you know a couple hundred pages you know, to 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 uh, get his point across or tell his story. Um, so that was kind of eye opening to me. You know, that's that's one of the things about this movie and and everything the the source material it's based on. Every time I feel like you know I've learned all there is to learn about it, something new comes up. I mean, there's just. And and I guess you could probably say that about most movies, but I just think there's just so much about this movie that just seems to like draw people back to it to not only watch it repeatedly, 
but just like glean these details and share them and and everything and it just kind of adds to the experience and um it's certainly one of the things for this podcast that we try to do is we really try to mine the details and share things that maybe people didn't know about a movie or you know about an actor um well for me one thing i noticed when we watched it on the big screen and you know i've been i felt like i've been like like canvassing the movie for details about locations because that's what like dale and i really i think that's kind of our a thing that we really have gotten into about trying to find stuff and and all that kind of to unearth some of the stuff that's in the movie and kind of dissect it. So, so there's times where I felt like I haven't watched it for the enjoyment. <laughs> I've just, I've been watching it to kind of like, I've been like analyzing every little, you know, like what's in the background and what's this and whatever. Well, one of the things I noticed when I watched it, just, I was just sitting there enjoying and watching it on the big screen but one thing I completely missed after watching, and I feel like I've seen this movie probably a hundred times at least. I feel like in the last couple of years, just by watching it, you know, here and here and here and here and here and here. But when 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 Marty and and Uncle Brad take them to the when when Uncle Red takes them to the church and they're they're watching, they're looking at at, at Reverend Lowe uh, doing the sign, and he says he says. Do you see your werewolf? And you know, Marty goes, Yeah, I see my werewolf. You know, he sees them. But they're talking. Reverend Lowe is whistling out there doing the thing. I've never heard that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I just didn't, I just tuned it out. But on the big screen, I was just watching it, sitting there just having a good time, just watching it. And I was like going, and he's just like, and he's like, I mean, maybe it's a him or something. I don't know. But he's whistling in the he's he's you can hear him whistling in the background doing his like doing on this sign or, or paint, or I guess, it's not the, but he's painting the, he's painting the numbers or whatever on the, on the thermometer. Right. But he's whistling. And I'm like, I never called that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so even, even for the, you know, the 200th time I watched it, I'm like, I caught something new that I never heard Definitely. before. Yeah. So. Is there anything you guys have caught? If any, Anything that's special that that just kind of sticks out to you guys? Is that maybe something that just like resonates with you? You're kind of like, oh, I never knew that, or you know. Um, I mean, if you go back and watch any movie, you know, enough, you can always find things like that. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't recall anything about Silver Bullet that you know recently that I've seen that I haven't noticed before. But I mean, who knows? I, I might may watch it when I go to bed tonight. Find something. You know? <laughs> yeah, same with me. Uh... I haven't really uh, uh, discovered anything yet that I hadn't seen before, but you know, at, at some point when I see it again, you just you just never know, yeah. Because I mean, that that happens a lot, you know, when you go back. Oh, I never noticed that before. And uh, um, that actually happened recently on something I watched, but uh, but no, I, I I hear you, but it hasn't happened yet with the Silver Bullet anyway. Yeah, I'm curious to to hear what you guys think because about so when the movie came out. It actually did pretty well at the box office. I mean, it was made for, I think, around $7 million, but it wound up making almost double that, I think, in the box office. But aside from a few critics, it wasn't well-received. I remember when it came out, one of the things that I would always do was either read the reviews. If I couldn't go see the movie, I would read the review just to see, like, you know, was it, you know, did the critic like it? You know, is it worth, you know, seeking it out or, you know, and I was really surprised at the, I remember reading negative reviews about it. And and I knew it was at a time where critics just loved to trash Stephen King and his novels, his novels, as well as the movies based on his novels. But 
I'm curious, you know, as you guys have been working on this page, you know, have you come across any of those reviews, you know, and, and, and I'd love to hear like what you guys think, like why were the critics so negative towards this movie? I haven't uh, really uh, come across anything like that. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, you know, there's some, some of the really good movies, you know, it's in the past, they, uh, they'll get bad reviews or not do so good in the box office, everything, but later on they get a better appreciation for it, you know, give them oh, a yeah. cult modeling kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. Like I definitely think that's the case with silver bullet. I, I I've seen, a lot of reviews online or people writing about it where they're kind of revisiting it and they're like, you know what, this was a really good movie. And, yep. um, and I, I think you're right. I think sometimes movies when they come out um, for whatever reason, they just, they don't connect with either the critics or the audience, but then years later, I think the time is right. I guess that people look at it and they go, you know what, this was actually really good. And I know for me, you know, when I first saw it, I loved it and I would wa I would watch it, you know, but then there were a few years where, you know, when I went off to school, I didn't really watch <clears> as many <throat> movies as I had before. And then when I came back to it, you know, a few years after that, it I, I could totally understand why people are coming back to it and going, you know, this is actually a really good movie. Like it was it was nice, like because sometimes in this the course of this podcast. Garrett and I will watch movies that he and I watched when we were younger and we were like, Oh, this movie was awesome. And then we come back to it as adults and we're like, yeah, this movie did, <laughs> didn't hold up too well. Um, oh, but that's not the case with silver bullet. Well, you also have to think about the time in which it came out. Um, there wasn't in the, in the uh, media, there wasn't a whole lot of um, uh, in the way of reviewers that, you know, outside of like, um, you know, the, what's uh, Ebert, Mm -hmm. Siskel and Ebert, uh, Siskel yeah. and Ebert, and you know the major uh, magazines. Yeah. Um, so there, you know, you. I think most horror movies were probably panned across the board back then. Um, right. So, and I think that just as time has gone on, there's been more, um, you know, websites, internet. It's 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 broadened the horizon for um, and brought horror fans together. So I think that's how. Uh, movies like Silver Bullet sort of finds its niche and takes off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I don't think that it was it was really allowed to back in the eighties. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I think, you're and right. I think, I think probably Stephen King. But I think at the time, I think people were still critical, mm -hmm. like skeptical. Maybe not critical. Maybe skeptical, which made them critical of him. You know, of his work. I mean, I think it just even though he was hot commodity, I still think maybe from the critics' point of view, it was kind of like. Well, there's definitely an element of when when a writer is successful like he was and, and you know, generating bestseller after bestseller. I think that some critics almost like take that as, OK, I'm going to poke holes in this guy and his work because, you know, he's enjoying fame and fortune. Well, I'm going to, you know, attack him from a, you know, a critical perspective or from a cultural perspective. And I think that's just there's some. You know, I, I've I've actually known in my life, I've known a couple of people who were film critics. And I think <laughs> this is a blanket summary. I know not every film critic is like this, but a lot of them, I think, are failed filmmakers in their own right. They're either a failed writer or a failed actor or a director. And it's almost like they've got an axe to grind. Um, 
And so I sometimes wonder about that. It's like, it's almost like there's a bit of jealousy or there's a bit of, you know, like, well, you're successful and I'm going to just take you down a notch. Um, At least that's how I felt like it was in the early days with King. I felt like he would kind of get trashed. Yeah, you're probably right about that. I mean, probably, probably some truth to that. And maybe Silver Bullet just wasn't like, it's, you know, like what, kind of what Dale said earlier about it's a movie with heart. And maybe when people are looking at horror movies, maybe it had too much heart when it came to like, maybe it wasn't, maybe they thought it wasn't quote, quote, scary enough or, you know, like some of those early like slasher movies in the early eighties started the whole trend of like a lot of nudity. I mean, maybe not a lot of nudity, but like, you know, it's going to have some, it's going to have some, you know, have some, have a girl with her shirt off and she's going to get, they're having a sex scene and they get killed to slash, you know, the guy comes in and kills them. And even though we got a little bit, but we don't, but we really didn't get that in silver bullet. You didn't get, I mean, you had Stella get her, you know, like her death, but you didn't, but it, but it wasn't, you know, Stella having sex with her boyfriend and, and the, and the werewolf comes in and kills them. So I don't yeah. know, maybe that's something to do with. Yeah. That takes me back to the Friday, the 13th uh, franchise, <clears throat> you know, the, it was always people that were doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing that gets killed. Premarital sex, alcohol, um, right. would always kill the people that were doing something wrong. Yeah. With Silver bullet, you know, there, nobody was safe. You could just be flying a kite out in the local park, you know, and get it. So, yeah, I think it, sort of, it went away from the 80 slashes. It did. And, you know, and you bring up a good point there too, Dale, because, I think that's one of the reasons why I so enjoyed Silver Bullet because, you know, I definitely was a horror movie fan as a teenager, but by the time Silver Bullet came out, I was kind of tapped out on Friday the 13th type type slasher movies. And I remember watching it that first time on video, just feeling like it's nice to finally see a horror movie that is not like the old school horror movies, but just it's not doesn't fall into those same kind of cliches of like, oh, yeah, the people who are doing all this terrible stuff, they're the ones who are going to get it. It's like there was a sense of like, yeah, nobody's safe. Like when the werewolf shows up, anybody's fair game. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I totally agree with you. I think it uh, that's one of the reasons why it stood out to me as, as something different. Um, and I think part of the reason why I enjoyed it as much as I did at the initial you know, viewing. Sure. So I, I'm curious because, you know, I'd love to hear more about how you guys, you know, decided, you know, you've got this love for this movie and, you know, their social media. Like what led you to say, you know what, let's create a Facebook page for this movie. Well, that was all Craig. That That's his baby. Um, whenever. So I moved up to Wilmington uh, in 2000, I think. Mm-hmm. Um not even for Silver Bullet, just because I wanted to be an actor. So I, I moved up here and Silver Bullet just happened to, all my favorite movies just happened to be made here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, so, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah. So the, the pay, the, that's all Craig. So I just happened to move up here and start doing research, trying to find all the locations. Somehow, I don't even know how we got started talking, Craig. Do you remember? Well, I think it's because uh, uh, you eventually, you know, found my page, became a fan, and then you wrote, I think you wrote to me a couple of times or something, and you may have said some stuff in the comments section or whatever, and then we just kind of uh, 
uh, started talking on the uh, uh, on the messenger, I believe, and then we eventually became uh, uh, Facebook friends after that. Uh, but I, yeah, because I, think I was, like that. Yeah, I was looking for locations because for the longest time there was there was no uh, there were no outside of IMDb message boards, there was nothing on the internet about silver bullet locations. So my only um, point of reference was IMDb message boards. I would go on there and I would type, you know, all the locations I found. Does anybody, is anybody here from Wilmington? Can anybody tell me, I think this is where it's at, but I'm not sure. Um, and that's actually how I found out uh, or heard back from uh, Mark Rhodes, the original owner of Marty's house. Um, yeah. He wrote me on IMDb and we corresponded through email. He sent me a lot of pictures and information. Um, but yeah, for the first few years, it was just hard going trying to find anybody else out there that knew anything about Silver Bullet. Uh, I had came across the, the fan page later on after I joined Facebook because I didn't for so many years because I, I didn't like Facebook. Um, finally joined, got up with Craig and that just opened up a whole new world. It, there was other fans out there just like me. And I, I thought I was the only one, you know, uh, I thought I was the only one searching for all these locations. Um, yeah. Turns out he had found, you know, a lot himself or through, you know, his, his channel. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. Greg, have you ever, have you been to Wilmington to look at locations? Uh, I wish. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I haven't I been able to. Them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you know, there's, there's so much going on and uh, uh, I just wouldn't be able to afford the trip for one thing. And plus, I have to take care of my uh, some family members that have some, uh, you know, physical problems or whatever. But I uh, uh, but yeah, I, I've always wanted to go down there, Well, especially after I, uh, uh, you know, found out where the filming locations were. Yeah. And, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure when I'll ever be able to, if I'll be able to. I'm, I'm really hoping to. Uh, someday, Greg. Um, I'm in the hotel business, so you always have a uh, free room and board. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I meant, to, I meant to ask you guys. Uh, are you are you able to see my face at all, or are you just seeing my uh, old profile picture? Or are you seeing me? Sam, no, just see your profile picture. What's Pro, that? Your profile pic. It's fine. Because uh, yeah, we, cool. we can have my. Uh, I mean, we can put me on there. I didn't know how to do that. It's like. Uh, I don't. Cool. Here, let me see. I'm gonna. I'm going to. Here you go. I just asked you to start your video. Let's see if that works, if it'll pop up for you. There should be like a little video button there. Maybe it's coming. There you go. You are. Hey. Good, good, good. That's awesome. Yeah, now we can. The Wolfman himself. The Wolfman is like, (laughs) it just took a while for him to transform back. He was like. Yeah. Get a little hairy over here. Now, you, Craig, you're in Maine, right? Yep. So uh, that's not lost on me, you and Stephen yeah, King. Yeah, we're, uh, well, it's a little bit of a drive from where we are, but I've been up there before. I've, uh, we got pictures in front of his house and everything. And uh, uh, we've at, if not too far from there is also some filming locations from Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. And, and we've actually been to that, uh, uh, well, well, the cemetery that, because um, uh, I know there's a couple, not, not the actual pet cemetery uh, location, but uh, the one when after their uh, maid had died. And, uh, uh, you know, when uh, Stephen King is actually the uh, 
you know, the pastor or whatever he was, you know, doing the service, you know, that, that particular mm -hmm. one right there. And, uh, uh, we, we've actually been to that one and took pictures, uh, of, of that spot and, uh, you know, where Gage was buried, you know, and everything. So that was pretty cool, but yeah, I've been there and cool. been up to see his house and everything. And, cool. uh, so that was pretty cool, but yeah, it's just maybe, I don't know, maybe 80 miles from where I live, something like that. Okay. Cool. Now is that what, I mean, did you know that whenever you, um, first watched Silver Bullet, were you, did you know Stephen King was in Maine? Uh, I don't think I knew from the very get-go. I, I can't remember exactly when it was uh, that I uh, found out that he was actually from Maine. I, I, I've known it for a, quite a long time now, but I just can't remember exactly when it was that I found out. But uh, once I did, it's like, man, I got to find it. You know, I got to get up there at some point. It's uh, many years ago. Um, it was uh, about 89, uh, like, no, wait, uh, summer of 88, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I was up at, uh, uh, I think it was like the Bangor Auditorium where they were having what they call a country music showdown thing in there. And uh, uh, I used to like to sit in with bands because I'm I'm a drummer and I I just like to sit in with bands and stuff. And and uh, uh, they the I didn't win, of course, I didn't expect to, but they uh, the judges were people from what they call the Northern Conservatory of Music in Bangor, and uh, they offered me a full free full uh, a year scholarship up there. Wow. And so for quite a few years, well, not quite a few years, uh, it was it was a for a year and year and a half. I, I went through the the year of lessons, uh, drum lessons up there, and then we tried to pay for maybe a little bit more after that, but it got too expensive. But I was going up there, and I didn't realize just how close I was to where Stephen King's house was. It wasn't really that far from where I took lessons. So, you oh. know, that, uh, what's that? Oh I, oh, I thought I heard something. But yeah, there was a, uh, it wasn't that far from there. And I look at the map and I, I look in the, like Google, Google maps and everything of where it is and, uh, and where I took lessons and stuff. And yeah, it's just minutes away, literally. So, so that was pretty neat, but yeah, I'm not sure exactly when I knew that uh, he was from Maine. Uh, it's, gotcha. Yeah. Craig, I was, I was, I lived when I was in college, I lived on New Center, which is runs right into Market Street in Wilmington. I was half a mile from Marty, from the, from, from Mark, from the Coslow house. That's where, that's where I lived in college. I had no clue that, that the house was literally, I could walk out my apartment go down. I mean, it would probably be a five minute walk tops. I could drive my car over there like in a minute and be the same the location of where the house is. I don't think the house was, I think the house had been moved at that point in time, but still I was that close and I didn't know it. And so, yeah, wow. I understand. I understand your pain. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, and, and just seeing it, uh, looking at it now, you know, where it's the, uh, the shopping center and stuff now, yeah. it's like, so. Oh, how things change, you know. It's like, well, a lot can change in thirty years, but I yeah, mean, just oh, how yes, can... definitely. Before we get dark. into that, though, I do want to go back to Chris's original question for you. So, what, what, like, like, what gave you the idea to start the like start the Facebook page? What, what was it, or when did that that the idea kind of pop for you to do that? Right. Well, uh, uh, I, I had joined Facebook probably i think it was like 2009 
and after I got to uh, uh, to know everything, I saw that they were groups and saw that they were fan pages of certain things. You know, I thought that was pretty cool. And I th um, thought, you know, I didn't even think at that time that I could uh, do one of my own. Uh, but it was there was some time and maybe uh, well, it was it was around 2014 that I actually started the page. Uh, and I was I was looking before I did. I was looking around. Is is there a uh, a fan page for Silver Bullet, you know, and as I was looking around and I did find one, but uh, it didn't look like that it was uh, really kept up to date, you know, uh, it looked like it had been a while since the person had uh, added to anything to it. Uh, and uh, it was all right. And I figured, because I had had some experience in the groups that I was a member of, uh, uh, being the admins of the groups and stuff. And uh, I figured I would apply some of what I had learned being an admin there to uh, a fan page. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, figured out how to do a fan. I said, well, I can do my own uh, fan page for Silver Bullet. So that's uh, pretty much how that started. And uh, as one of the things, some of the things that we we would do uh, for uh, for the groups is of course, acknowledging uh, some of the actors' birthdays, uh, so acknowledging the birthdays of the ones who have passed. And of course, acknowledging and paying tribute to those who have passed on the days that they had passed mm -hmm. as well as you know just doing stills here and there with captions or or just the pictures stills or um uh and of course the uh, one thing that i've always wanted to do is uh go to um you know the the filming locations and all that stuff you know see them in person if i could but if not you know i discovered this beautiful thing at the time called uh Google uh, or well, Google uh, Street View and everything, and I was able to find a lot that way. And uh, oh yeah, and I added because uh, there's that section, you know, the photo album section uh, in the 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 uh, the fan page there, and I just made a whole album of what I found as far as the uh, uh, the filming locations goes. And uh, I I'd gotten help from. Uh, uh, before I before I met Dale's, so I uh, I got uh, help from some people uh, along the way, and one of them was uh, a woman. Uh, I think her name was uh, Monique Baker from Pender County Tourism, and uh, she uh, uh, showed me where the uh, the park was, where the kids were playing ball, uh, and she also showed me where Shaw Highway was, where the you know the chase was, and he chased him to the covered bridge and all that stuff. So she she was able to help me find that stuff and everything, uh, and I think there was uh, something else I wrote to. I think it was all the Wilmy Wood or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but someone else had uh, gave me some pointers on where there were some locations. I can't remember what it was, uh, but uh, I did find some along along the way myself. And then of course, Dale, dude, <laughs> you you've helped me a lot, and I appreciate all that you've done in helping me finding those locations, man. I I don't think I ever would have found them on my own. You, you and your sources, especially. You remember how long we were trying to find Tammy's house, the location. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, See, that's uh, one. That's one of the ones that makes me so angry because had I found out a couple of years before, I could have seen it before they tore it all down. Ah, right. Yeah, and it was just up the road from there. I mean, the the other place we were looking for for so long that was just up the road yeah. from there. Of course, was Virgil Surface Station. Right. You know, yeah, it's it looks, changed so much. It's still there, but it's we. It doesn't look the way it did. So that's a pretty good find. 
you know, like Dale said, it's like uh, when, when he first uh, uh, showed me, it's like you kind of have to use your imagination now because it's changed a lot. And it's like, uh, yeah, you weren't kidding. But <laughs> but yeah, it's, it made a lot of sense that it's there because it's like the, the scene of him pulling into Virgil's there is li literally just down the road from her house. Yeah. So <laughs> and, uh, yeah. for a while there, there was a place up in, uh, I think it's Burgov. Uh, it was called Karen's or no, something it was this, the name started with a C, but there was another place just up north and maybe uh, west of the main part of Burgo. I uh, thought that, that that gas station might have been it. I can't remember what the name was, but in Curry uh, or something. Something like that. I, I, uh, I'd i have to look it up again. I can't remember, but the 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 area where Marty was approaching it looked way different. And we looked at the historic aerials and it had them big open fields and stuff and everything back then too. But there wasn't any open fields in the background when you see Marty pulling up down the road. Uh, so it's like, no, that can't be it. So eventually we did find that. And uh, yeah, there was, uh, that was quite a thing to finally find that. And it was hard to find because one of the things that uh, uh, as Marty is walking Tammy up her driveway, you can see behind them in the background that uh, big water tower that the checkerboard painted, you know, the uh, yeah. red and white checkerboard painted thing. It's like, I'm looking all over the place for that, like Wilmington and Burgo. And I was like, where the heck is this thing? And uh, I, apparently, I didn't know that they had eventually had taken it down at one point. So uh, it was hard to find. But then I realized they painted those water towers like that uh, when it's close to an airport. So then I'm looking all around where the Wilmington airport is and still couldn't find it. Again, didn't realize it wasn't there anymore. But uh, then uh, but then Dale found it through sources and everything there and, and looked at uh, historicaerials.com and said, yep, and there's the greenhouses. There's everything right there. The only, the only way I found that is whenever you mentioned the way it was painted and it was next to an airfield. So if it hadn't been for that, I would have never found it. Yeah, it's all them details, you know. So yeah. that's, that's the beauty of the internet. It brings people with different pieces of knowledge together and we can piece it all together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very true. Uh, I know Garrett and I, with other movies, when he was trying to track down locations, I mean, it really feels like detective work where you're using like multiple sources, both online and in the case of one of the locations we were trying to find, we spent an afternoon at the public library in Wilmington going through phone books and all kinds of records trying yeah. to figure out like, okay, where wow. is this place? And it was so funny because I think, this was for a fire starter and yeah. some of the locations, I mean, we were going, we were scrubbing that video. Like I was like, it was this a Bruder film from the Kennedy assassination. We were like going <laughs> frame by frame, trying to figure out, okay, the mailbox, it looks like it says this. And, you know, we were trying. Yeah, I had a picture, I had a picture, I had a screenshot of the mailbox and Chris was over there playing with the, on this phone. He had a, I get sent it to him and he was like doing the different, like, making it black and white and doing different things to just to see if anything would pop, like, like maybe that, you know, that we weren't seeing that would maybe would show up. If you change the saturation or the mm -hmm. whatever on the picture quality, he was just trying to play with it to see if anything would pop out a little bit stronger to kind of say, was that a three or is that a seven? What was that? You know? So yeah, totally get it. With uh, with Silver Bullet though, I, this was last year. Um, Garrett and I went down to Wilmington and we went to that shopping center 
where, where the house used to be. And Garrett was waiting. He wasn't telling me, you know, cause we, we were going to the party city there cause he was trying to get some stuff there and you got some black balloons for the, for the, for the black phone. That's, that's right. Doing, so. But I remember we got out of the car and he kind of put his hands on my shoulders and kind of turned me and pointed and said, that's the tree in the front yard. And I just immediately was like, I recognized the tree, but then I'm looking at the shopping center and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it really has changed. I mean, it's just completely, so I was he, they kept the tree to be honest with you. He took you there and didn't tell you where he was taking you. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know until I said we're going to party city. I didn't, I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him. <laughs> he surprised me because I mean, he, yeah. he had been telling me cause like, you know, I go to Garrett for any questions about locations and, and, and everything. And I knew that he was, he had been looking for certain locations and I knew the house just because it had been moved, that it was a bit of a mystery for a while as to where it had gone and, and so forth. Um, but, and, and I knew that kind of the general area where it was just based on what Garrett had shared with me, but yeah, it wasn't until we got there in the parking lot and he kind of turned me around and pointed um, but it was great though. It was just, you know, I mean, as soon as I saw the tree, I'm like, Oh my God, that's it. That's so uh, funny. But yeah, it is surreal how, just how much changes, you know, in a few decades. Um, and you know, I, uh, I've told Garrett this before. Um, so in undergrad, when I was in college, um, I was a history and English major. So I was a double major. And, one of the things about like the work that you guys are doing with silver bullet and like what Garrett's doing with his YouTube channel, you know, I really do think it's in a sense, it's historical preservation. I mean, these, these details and, and things, you know, you might think, well, you know, will the general public care about this stuff, but it's like, I don't know. It doesn't really matter whether it, you know, you know, is important to them or not. These are important details for something, you know, that we can watch still, but, just knowing the kind of details of like, this is where it was shot and this is, you know, where it is now, like how it looks now. I just think those, those details are important, you know, just from a historical, you know, record keeping perspective. 100%. I mean, because if people like us aren't documenting it, no one's going to know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. I think, I think Adam the woo always, I, I think he says do it for posterity's sake or something like that. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's, that's how he words it. But it's true. Yeah, it's I think it's because it's what's wild is like even when we film it and we and we put it on the website, we put it on the Facebook group, we put it on YouTube or wherever, Instagram, wherever this and it gets onto the web, it gets onto the internet somewhere and it's and people see it and it gets passed along or whatever. But then what happens is like a year later they tear it down, like they tear the like one of the locations down or they change it. And so at least we have evidence of saying it it was there. This is what it looked like, you know, whatever. This was the location. This was the spot. I mean, like I remember I did something for Maximum Overdrive. It was the it was the burger place, and I filmed in front of the of the fence of where they kind of like lined up. I don't I know just a silver bullet. It's not Maximum Overdrive, yeah. but it's still Stephen King. But I but they filmed in front of that. There's a there's a wood fence they filmed at near the end of the movie, and they're all kind of scrunched down and they're lined up there on that fence. And that fence was still there. And I filmed like this was the fence that you could tell it was all it was weathered and whatever it was beaten up, but it was still the same fence. Yeah. Well, about a six months later, Adam the Woo comes into town with with Scott on tape, which is awesome. We thought that was fantastic. They go and film that. at the same location. And they have, and they're, and they're doing a remodel on that building. They're, they're making it turn into a pizza place or something. 
And they had took that fence down and they built a new fence and they put a they put a whole new fence up and they were they were showing their they were showing their like the location, but it wasn't no longer the fence that was in the movie. It was the, it was a new fence. Mm-hmm. Well, when I filmed it, it was still the old fence, which was I mean I'm not saying my video is better. I'm just saying at least I got that part right. documented, and so that way you can kind of say, hey, it was still there and you know whatever you know 2021 20, or whatever it was you know type deal and, and i think it's just kind of and you never know when the next location is going to be remodeled tore down replaced so i think it's important to get it while we can i think that's why yeah well you know garrett you were talking earlier about how the studios down in wilmington how they you know they've been sold and how they were taking down the screen gems signage just you know like a day or two after you saw that you went I, by there I drove by Sunday. I was down there. I feel I was filming, and it's before I it's, it's before I, I, I teamed up with Dale, and I went by the movie studio and I saw the name was still on this thing, and I thought to myself, I should probably film this before they changed the name, and I never made it back to. I, I passed by there and I looked at it, but I didn't like stop and film for. I mean, it, it would have took me two minutes to film probably, and I would have had a had a little video and been done with it. Sure enough, I saw I saw a post Monday. And it showed them changing the like changing like pulling down the screen gem name off of it. And I was like, I saw it Sunday. It was still there, and they taken it down like a Monday or Tuesday. It was Monday or Tuesday one. And I was like, doggone it, you know. But I did see it before they got you know like before they took it down. But I was like, it's one of those things there of like documentation of mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Well, once they saw you, got a good picture of them changing the sign. Yeah, I think I, it was it was on his it was on his page mm-hmm. that I actually. Yeah. Saw it, which goes back to Sawyer. How I met Sawyer, kind of like how you guys kind of teamed up. I was looking for locations, and I, you know, and I, and it was, I think it was, it was through the page, and it was probably, it was through the page about it was the, the interior, the interior church, which is in downtown Wilmington, and you guys had put it on the page, and it, like I think you guys was it you Dale who figured out it was on Fangoria magazine that showed the, showed them. Well, uh, I want to say Craig sent me the picture from Fangoria. Correct. Okay. But then okay. I found I, I was able to find the church based on that picture. Okay. So yeah. because of that, that's how that's how I I didn't know where that church was, what the yeah. deal was. But when but when you guys said it there, so I was so I was coming, I was been I was down in Myrtle Beach, it's coming back through, and I was and I always stopped through Wilmington because I just just what I do. And I was stopped by that church and I and I'd already sent a couple of friends over to the church trying to see if anybody could could get into the church or talk to the pastor or whatever. And I, and I found out later that lady had already died and she died a few years ago back. It was the, the overseer or whatever it was. But they were I drove by and the doors, the doors were open and it freaked me out. I was like, oh, my God, the doors are open. And I got out and I went inside and they were like painting inside. And the, it was the pastor, the new pastor of the church. And I found out that Sawyer had been there like a week earlier. He goes, yeah, this young guy came in about a week ago looking for it. And I was going, a young guy? I was like, you know, he's like, yeah, he's probably just 20s. And I'm like, I was like, what 20-year-old? I was like, you know, it was like who's who, who loves Silver Bullet that much. I'm like, this has got to be a pretty cool guy. And that's how I hooked up with Sawyer later. I kind of I, I found he, he had posted some pictures about being in the church. And I was like, and I got in it. And, and that pastor was really nice about letting me film around in there and he talked to me for a few minutes and all that kind of stuff so that's how i hooked up with sawyer 
so that's how I became friends with him, which, you know, and it's kind of how it led me to you guys. It's kind of, yeah. Oh, yep. It's awesome. I still haven't been inside that church, by the way. Well, what's wild. I went by, I stopped by Sunday before I met up with you. I went over there. I was just like, let me just go by and it's Sunday morning and I, and I wasn't going to church. So I went to church. I went to at least the outside of the church. I took some pictures from the outside again, even though I filmed it before, but I was like, and, and that's, and I did, and I did go check to see if they were having service because they were having service. I was like, I got to step in for at least a little bit and go, I got to go to the church and I got to go in church and have a little, have a little silver bullet praise time. But they were, they were, they were locked up, but you could see, you could look through the windows and I took a couple pictures. I mean, even though I've been there before, but. Yeah, as long it's as a lot you nicer get out this time. They it, all turn into werewolves. You know, right. that's at the end of the service. You know, got to be torn careful. to pieces, <laughs> Reverend. Yeah, got to do the collagram. Yeah. <laughs> Why is everybody sweating profusely? All yeah. Of so what is? What is? That? Oh, so how? Okay, this is this is totally off. But about to move about. Dale, I think you saw this. It was on the Facebook. It was on the face. It was a post on the Facebook page. Someone said that that was like the lady who did the did the narration for the movie. Tor- Tara Tara. Well, I can't. I can't say her name. I don't. I'm sorry. You know what it Toba. is, Greg? And you, it's Toba. Toba. Yeah. Yeah. Said that. Said, oh, that was her sitting behind. Uh, maybe it was. I, behind. I saw the person that said that, but um, I, I. I don't know if it if it's true or not. Yeah, I was like going. I was like, is there any documentation or anything that can back that? I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not calling him a liar by any means. I'm just saying I never heard that before, and so I'm like going. I see the lady who I think he's referring to, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like, I'll have to look. Yeah, I, I don't. Um... But he said that. But he's. But he basically said the lady who did the narration was was sitting in the in the church. Like behind, it would be, it would be on the, it would have been by basically be behind Brady's dad, uh, Kent, Kent Broadhurst. It would be by, it would have been sitting behind him, I think, in the congregation. I think talking about, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I don't, I've never heard that before. So I was like, that's that was new to me, but well, I didn't know. I was like, well, maybe she did come on set, and maybe they I guess did. I'm just gonna have to watch the movie again. <sighs> yeah, there you go. Have to watch it and see. But maybe if anybody <laughs> listened to the podcast, if you know anything about the the narrator actually being in the film besides doing the narration please let us know yeah. <laughs> go, go 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 to the facebook page and please comment <laughs> so exactly craig i'm curious to know like what has been just the the general response from the community as people discover the page and get involved like what has your experience been oh it's been really cool i mean i get a lot of comments uh uh, even it, it might be something not even related to uh, the post. Uh, they'll, they'll just come out and say, oh, I love this movie. You know, it's like it's one of my favorite movies, you know, stuff like that. And it'll be to, a, you know, a picture with uh, uh, a caption, a quote, quote from the movie or something like that. Yeah. And uh, saying something about the scene, they'll just come out and say, oh, I love this movie. One of my favorite movies and everything. And, and uh, other people are saying, uh, you know, thank you so much for this page. You know, it's, you know, I, I love this page and all that stuff, and just you know, it really makes me feel good. That uh, I mean, because I mean, I'm like I'm just like anyone else. I'm no one special. I'm just a fan like everyone else here, and I just you know just want to put this uh, uh, page together, you know. And I had no idea it was gonna take off like it did, you know. And 
I get the kind of response or have the kind of following that I had. And then uh, it's just been a really cool experience. And uh, uh, I, I just, I look forward to doing whatever updates that I can. And then uh, it's, it's kind of hard, hard to do it nowadays because my computer uh, is not working and we have to get a different one. So I have to do everything from my phone now. So, um, you know, all the pictures that I had is on that computer. So I have to kind of go back and uh, do a uh, search and everything and the records and everything of past posts and get, you know, pictures from there. And I even make a new different stills from videos like YouTube or whatever I can find uh, to make new stills if I can and stuff. But yeah, I, I've, I've gotten really good. Uh, I don't think I've had one negative uh, comment or anything. Uh, um or anything like that uh that's amazing because <laughs> you know how people on the internet are, people on the internet it could be tough it can be yeah. you know like really tough on you and that's that, that's awesome that's good to hear I'm, I'm well, glad you, even, you even have people from the movie uh fans of the page right yeah uh, well so far i so far i only have one that i know of and that of course is andy ferritin himself bill smitrovich you know bill. so i think it's pretty awesome that i uh, got that we get uh, the Andy Fairton, you know, <laughs> on the page there, and he's actually commented and everything, and just been a bit starstruck with that, you know. And, and um, I wish though that uh, whenever I've uh, posted about his birthday, that he'd seen it, because I don't think he he, he would uh, leave a comment or even uh, put a reaction or anything. I, I don't, well, I just don't think that he'd seen it. He might have been too. He might have been busy at the time. Just didn't happen to not see the post. But uh, people are uh, busy on their birthdays, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, well, no, scratch that. Actually, he actually put a like on one of them from the. Re, just recently, he put a like on one of them from the. Uh, I think it was. I don't know if it was the most recent one or what, but uh, I got a notification saying he put a like on something. I looked and it was one of his birthday ones. So, oh, uh, cool. but his birthday's in May. So, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's really awesome to have him on there. And uh, uh, see, I I also have. I also ended up making fan pages for a few other things. I've got one for American Werewolf in London, The Howling, uh, Lon Chaney Jr., and uh, and something that's not horror related at all. My favorite John Candy movie, The Great Outdoors. Wow. And on The Great Outdoors, I actually have, if you, if you've seen it, you know the youngest son, uh, uh, Ben, mm -hmm. uh, the one that plays Ben. Yeah, uh, I forget his last name, but his first name's Ian. Uh, he's commented on on some of my stuff on my Great Outdoors page, so that's pretty cool. That and uh, awesome. on, on the Howling, I've got uh, uh, oh man, the one that played Terry Belinda Belaski, uh, I think that's how you pronounce her name. I, I got her that sometimes comments on stuff on my Howling fan page. So uh, you know, like that, well, like with that and everything, it's like yeah, it's really cool to have uh, Bill on the silver bullet page, you know, it's just kind of neat to have the actors on there, you know, it's pretty cool. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 It's, it's nice when you run into somebody who worked on the film, whether they're actor or behind the scenes and they engage with the fans, you know, and that they, I mean, obviously it's much more personal for them because they were in the movie or they worked on the movie, but just, you know, how they just seem to be so, you know, just, appreciative of fans that you know that people still talk about the movie and you know and have a page dedicated to it um you know the the few times that i've actually had a chance to to talk to people who've been in movies that i've either you know seen and loved um 
usually, you know, I, I've had good experiences where they're they're very appreciative and very warm and very friendly. Um, but I think in some way it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, Dale, about how this movie has a lot of heart. And I just think the, you know, the people that worked on the film are some really talented actors. Like you, you mentioned Bill Smitrovich and, you know, Garrett and I've talked about him a couple of times. I mean, he's one of my favorite actors. I mean, not just because of Silver Bullet, but things he's done, you know, in the years after Silver Bullet. Um, but just, it's, it's so cool that when you get those connections and it's, you know, they're, they're really appreciative that, yeah, there's a fan base here that are very supportive and appreciate the work that these people did uh, on the film. There's one thing I wanted to mention. I, I would kick myself if I didn't mention this. One of the things I love about the page, um, and I, I go back to it from time to time just because I just enjoy it, is some of the artwork that you've gotten uh, that people have sent in, like the Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> that is pure genius i would pay cash money if somebody would animate a little like a snippet of a scooby-doo cartoon but with the characters you know from silver bullet right. but that, that image was hilarious i thought it was just perfect no i can't remember where i found that uh, i don't know if it was google image search or what but I, or it might have just turned up on uh in my newsfeed somewhere but uh, yeah i saw that and like oh my god i got i gotta post this in the page that's so just perfect. awesome yeah, I like, wondered what uh, what cartoon Gary Busey would look like. I, yep. think, I think they nailed it. Yep. Oh, I know it. That was uh, awesome. That's hey, great. Going back, going back to um, talking about the the actors in the movie, I have a funny um, story about Everett McGill. So I actually worked oh, on. I think I know what you're going to do. What's that? I think I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, I have a couple of different ones, but I'll tell the I'll tell the I think the one I told you. So I worked on a movie with him, yep. Temple Island, back in 1997, um, and uh, I remember my mom worked at the gas station there on Jekyll Island, and Everett McGill pulled up in his car to pump gas, and he got out. You, he's from Arizona, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from the from uh, the West Coast total different way of thinking than, than Southern people. He got out of his car and he was standing there pumping gas in a bright orange Speedo, nothing else. And, you know, he's tall and lanky right. and he's just standing there, hairy, <laughs> just pumping gas in a Speedo. And all these people are like running about, like covering their kids' eyes, like trying to keep them <laughs> seeing him. And they literally people, concerned citizens called the Georgia state patrol on him and they made him, uh, put trunks on. Get out! It was so <laughs> <That's fun>. hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, you, meddle, <laughs> you meddling little. Shit. <laughs> he was being a meddling little shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quit meddling in my speedo, people. <laughs> but he was a great guy. Um, I, I had um, we we sat in the back of one of the scenes that were filming. Me, him, and the sound guy. Uh -huh. He was just telling us stories from a bunch of movies that he had filmed over the years. Just funny stories, but total class act. Uh, great guy. Um, he, he's always got a great story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those actors that, you know, I've seen him over the years. And of course, you know, Silver Bullet, like anytime I would see something after that, I'm like, oh, yeah, Silver Bullet, you know. <laughs> But um, he's such a great character actor. Like, he never disappoints. I mean, the movie he, he's in may not turn out to be the greatest thing, but he's always solid. I mean, he's yeah. just good at what he does. 
Well, th that movie, Devil Island. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just saying he was pretty cool in that Under Siege 2. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking yeah. about that movie, too. Yeah, I loved him in that. Yep. Uh, but the movie Jekyll Island that we were in originally, he 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 didn't get killed in it, and I remember him telling the um, the director, "No, no, I get killed in all my movies. You have to kill me." <laughs> so that's how. If you go, if you watch that movie, you'll see he gets killed in that movie. Yeah. He's yeah. also on People Under the Stairs, wasn't he? That was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, I remember I saw that in the movie theaters, like the weekend it opened. And uh, as soon as he popped up on the screen, I was like, oh, yes, it's going to be good. <laughs> you know? um, it's been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah. It was a, long, it was a real long time ago. But yeah, I, I, check I, I went through a phase where I was heavily into Wes Craven's movies. And so, like, anytime he would come out with something, I was there. And, um, you know, which speaking of Wes Craven and werewolves, you know, I don't know. Did, did you ever see the movie he did, um, Cursed? I did, yeah. Yeah, that that, that was one. I, you know, I. it's been a long time since I have seen it, but I remember reading that that was a movie that didn't turn out the way it was supposed to, like what they had originally scripted or envisioned. Like it went through some serious studio kind of interference and edits and things and which i thought was surprising because that was at a time where you know this was post scream and certainly post nightmare on elm street and i would have thought wes craven would have had final approval on his movies but apparently it was kind of taken out of his hands and they did some messing around with it and i think it just didn't turn out as as it was originally intended yeah Huh. Yeah, it's pretty little Dino bit involved, you never know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it doesn't have to be Dino, but a Dino, yeah. yeah. That's what happened. That's what happened to the first director, you know, Silver Bullet. I mean, Dino yeah. was like, you know, he had a, he had his own ideas, his own vision, his own stuff he wanted done. And oh yeah. Yeah, he would he would he would impose his will huh. wherever wherever he thought you know it was needed. So yeah. Garrett and I um, interviewed uh, an actor who um, I think he lived in North Carolina for a long time, but he's since retired. And I think he's up in uh, Virginia with his wife, both he and his wife act. Um, his name is Barry Bell and he was in maximum overdrive. And he was, he was Steve, the mechanic and right. Yeah. It was one of the smaller job. parts, but yeah. Um, I actually worked with him when I was in college because he, his wife worked at my, the college where I went uh and there was one summer where i got a job working kind of backstage for the summer repertory theater that the college had and uh barry was in some of the productions that we did that summer so we were up in the mountains of north carolina at this playhouse where they pretty much spent the whole summer you know doing shows and musicals and um we had a lot of downtime and so barry was always telling me stories about working in films in Wilmington during the eighties. And I remember him telling me stories both about Stephen King and Dino De Laurentiis. And I got the impression Barry wasn't a huge fan of, of Dino's, but he loved Steve, um, Stephen King. Um, he had some pretty funny stories about Stephen King. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Dino was definitely had a, a bit of a reputation, certainly with the folks working on the movies. Um, they you know it's kind of i remember barry saying it's like 
you know, you either loved him or you hated him. Most of the time you hated him. <laughs> I think a lot of his, I think a lot of the employees liked him, but I think probably as actors, you may not have always, or you're the director. Yeah. You may not have always liked him because he was going to, I think so. I mean, he was going to, no he was going to make sure his, his, it was his idea. Or, oh or, yeah. I mean, you know, when you look at just what he did in coming to Wilmington and basically jump-starting the film industry down there, or at least giving it a huge boost. And, oh, he, uh, I mean, yeah, he you was... Gotta, you got to give him credit. He, credit. he started it. That was him. Yeah. him. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you hate him or not, he, he started it, so it's his... Yeah. Wasn't Silver Bullet the first movie filmed in Burgaw? Yes, the first one filmed in Burgaw. Yep. Yeah. So that kind of got things started for them and everything. Yeah, they've done so much stuff since then. Oh I mean, yeah. 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 That's a, little a good thing. There. Had a little tidbit there as far as uh, getting back to Everett McGill. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool that uh, you see, this is, of course, this was in '85, and uh, he was a, a werewolf that had, would eventually have the eye patch and everything. But later on, did any of you guys see the uh, series on Fox called just simply called Werewolf that has the yes, character yes. Eric Cole? Yes, and Chuck of course, that was, a cool, that was a cool, cool show. Yeah, yeah and Chuck, you know, the 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 alpha werewolf there, he's got an eye patch. And uh, one of the episodes eventually that they would have would have Everett McGill on it as a like a really? former boxer or something. So it's like uh yeah, camp, a former, yeah. so oh like gosh. former werewolf with an eye patch is on a, a series <laughs> with you know a werewolf with an eye patch, you know, and and a friend of mine uh who's an author, Daniel Hayes, he uh uh he, he and I are big fans of the werewolf series and everything, and he figured he always said that if they're ever to to uh remake uh the werewolf series that uh I, I think you mentioned something that uh, Everett's kind of the same age, or at least around around the vicinity of the same age. Yeah, that Chuck Connors was back then, and that he could uh, kind of take over the role, or reprise, you know, do the role as uh, Scorzini. Yeah, and you know, put the, sort of, I guess you can say, put the eye patch back on, and uh, you know, yeah. resume the role as uh, Scorzini. So that all kind of ties in there. I thought that was a kind of a cool tidbit there. That is, oh man, that yeah. brings back memories. I, I remember. I mean, that was one of the first shows on Fox, if I remember correctly. It was, yes. It was one yeah, of the very first that was, ones. That kicked things off. It was one of the, the few shows that kicked off the Fox network. Um, yeah, that's Short so cool. That makes me want to go back and try to dig up those episodes and watch it again. But yeah. Well, I tried to I tried to find that episode, and I was going to include the little clip in my <laughs> one of my videos. That's one of the few ones I could not find on YouTube. Like, There's a bunch of people that put stuff on YouTube about – different ones and one guy had something and he and I tried to talk to him about he, he he had it he had it but he had a block like you couldn't I couldn't see that particular one and he said something about it was copyrighted or so I forgot how he worded it but I was trying to get it I was trying to get a get to get a little a little clip from that episode so I could put it in in one of my videos and I couldn't I couldn't get it I couldn't yeah they were having a hell of a time trying to get that series to uh Put it on the DVD and they came close once, yeah. but yeah, just due to copyright issues there, I guess with some of the one of the bands of music or something like that. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Find it yeah, on YouTube. What's that? I wonder if it's on YouTube. 
Well, that's what I was saying. I was trying to find it on YouTube. It was like, there's a lot of episodes on YouTube, but the episode that had Everett is the one I couldn't find on YouTube. It was like somebody had it and it was like blocked. They had it like, it was like, it, it was like, it was like only for certain people to watch or something. It kind of like, it was weird. Uh, like a private video. Yeah. yeah, like a private, like a private video or something. I asked the guy if he would unblock it for me so I could, I could see it. And he said something about he couldn't, or I don't know if I was, Sound a little fishy, but I was like, "All right." They got like a copyright strike or something. Yeah, on him. something maybe, and maybe that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, switching gears real quick, uh, have you guys heard about them uh, remaking Silver Bullet, and what are your thoughts on maybe a, a sequel? And I'll tell you what I think. I, I was going to ask that same question. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely, I mean, I'm happy to kind of kick things off. I, you know, there's definitely been a sort of revival with uh, Stephen King's works, you know, in terms of either doing a reboot or a remake uh, of, of movies. I know there's supposedly a, a Salem's Lot movie adaptation that's been worked on, but I read something the other day that Warner Brothers may shelve it for some reason. I don't know why, but, um, you know, I... I'm always, um, I, you know, if somebody wants to do a remake, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. I mean, it's great. Maybe that will spark interest in the original and get people, you know, watching that. Um, I, I tend to, you know, give reboots and remakes kind of a, at least a fair handshake of like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot, you know, yeah. and sometimes they do it well. And then sometimes it's like, yeah, at least we've got the original. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. it doesn't go as well. Um, I'm excited. I mean, I, I would love to see someone kind of revisit that story. Um, my only hope is that they don't lose that important part that we talked about, kind of the heart of the story. Um, if they can find a way to kind of carry that over and you know and build on that, I think it would be it would be great. Yeah. Anybody else? You can go ahead, Dale. Go ahead and give us your thoughts. So, um, I one day I would love to write a prequel to Silver Bullet, and I've already got like a rough draft in my head. Um, cool. This is what I want. I want to see. Nobody knows how how Lowe became a werewolf. I mean, they hint about it in the, you know, the the book. Um, but I would love to see what I would love to see how he became a werewolf i would love to see his you know his murder spree uh, and i would love to see at the end of the movie the end of the prequel i would like to see him sort of move to tarker's mill and that's where the movie ends mm. so it could be like a young everett showing yeah. him you know up through the years um murder people in a, in a different town and then the movie ends with him moving to this this new Tarker's meal to get a new, a new, um, uh, like, like him starting over. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'm on board for that. Yeah. That'd be yeah. great. I'll be though. Yeah. Cause that, that has always been kind of a question, you know, for me as many times as I watched this movie of like, how did we get to this point or how did he get to this point? You know, what led to him becoming, you know, how did he get more woofy? Yeah. And I want yeah. to say that the, the um, book mentioned something about flowers or something like the, maybe the wolf spain in his yes. garden, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that'd yeah. be good. 
I would love to see something like that, you know, where he, he's just trying to come to grips with it, him, you know, killing people, not understanding it. Then he finally, you know, embraces it. Yeah. Before, um, before, you know, because I'm sure you can only kill a certain number of people before you would have to keep moving. You know what I mean? So yeah. I've actually seen uh, off and on in the comments section uh, of my posts, uh, every now and then people wanting to see a remake of silver bullet, you know, and uh, they don't get too many, uh, if any at all responses or, or anything. But uh, I mean, with me, I wouldn't mind, but uh, it, like you, Chris, it's like, I, uh, uh, if there's a remake or something, you know, I, I give it a chance. It's no, no big deal. It's not like the original is going to up and disappear and get right. replaced by the remake or anything. Exactly. So it's like, I, I would give it a chance. And uh, if I like it good, if, if not, then, you know, I just stick with the original. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if, if they did it and, you know, just see how it does, you know, but we always have the original. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. You know, if they did a sequel, it'd be a, it'd be a female. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they, they, they've got to get yeah they've <laughs> it's it's true it's absolutely true okay. <laughs> i was gonna say I, I was really surprised i remember you know after it the original came out in, in 85 you know this was at a time where there were a lot of direct-to-video movies and things, and I was really surprised that Silver Bullet never got a sequel. I mean, The Howling got... How many sequels did it get? I mean, it, it just... Oh, it's count. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I just really... I mean, I think it would have... It's a little different. I mean, Iron Eagle got a sequel. Come on, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it got more than one sequel. It got yeah. like... A, you know, it's Green like Iron got, Eagle Green's 18 or something. I don't know. He's still doing them now. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sorry, keep, keep, keep going, Chris. I'm, I'm sorry. just really mean. surprised that that nobody. I mean, I don't know if a sequel would have been good. I mean, because I think a lot of the sequels that did happen, um, you know, they they found it very hard to kind of recapture that lightning in a bottle, so to speak. Um, and so, you know, part of me like is surprised that there wasn't a sequel, but on the other hand. You know, I, I wonder, could it have been as good as or surpassed the original? And I, I, I don't know. I don't think it it would have no, been hard, yeah, a hard yeah. feat to accomplish. I don't I mean, think it especially during that time frame. I mean, because yeah. you're right, it, it would not have got the budget it deserved, and it would just would have been. It would be right. It probably would have been a direct to, to video, probably. If it, it would did. have only been good and warranted if Busey would have been the werewolf. I was just thinking that. <laughs> you know, well, like maybe you as a bike. werewolf, yes, that yeah. definitely. I would have been like, "Yes, sign me up for that." I'm, I, I want to. He'd that. probably still do it to this day. That would be great. I mean, Ashley's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's like going. Marty's got to fight his. Got to fight his favorite <laughs> uncle. I mean, that's yeah. not. It's not a bad. Yeah, that would. That would. You got me on that one. I'll be like, okay, all right, I'm good. I'm in. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. fighting him in the living room there, and he's throwing Gary Gary Beast well, he's throwing Uncle Red around and everything. It's like at some point it may have gotten a bite that we didn't notice, yeah. and then later that's on, right, he, exactly. It could have been a little, little little cut or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, a little gnash or something. Yeah, he was yeah. bleeding, so you never know. You know. Yeah. Oh, and your, what uh, it, Uncle Red? <laughs> one of 
other thing who was it maybe it was you craig i don't remember someone asked me did i at the end of silver bullet the way it ended did we think that marty had died and that was jane Tolkien after marty had died was that you that asked me that um no, i don't think that was oh. me i don't really remember that someone asked me that and i thought it was a really good question okay yeah. i got you I can see what you're saying, like, yeah, I love you too, Marty. Or yeah, the way the the, the way she, yeah. the way it's narrated. Well, that's you know, it brings up a good question. Like the whole thing about the narration, um, I kind of wondered about that because, I mean, you know, I think the the narration's fine, but it's, it just felt like I wondered if it was something that was added after the fact, or if King's script actually called for you know, a narrator during the story. And I mean, there are times I kind of have mixed feelings about narration in movies. I think sometimes it works, but then sometimes I'm like, you don't really need it. You just, you know, you can just go into it and experience the movie. You don't need somebody telling you things or, or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, I could see why somebody might think that because there is a kind of tone there at the end, almost like, you know, is he gone? Did something happen to right. him? Like, is this whole thing like her remembering things because she feels a sense of, you know, grief or remorse or, you know, or something over him? Um, yeah. And I even remember like when I first saw it, I had kind of a almost just a split second of like, okay, what happened to him? Like, did yeah. he get, did he die? Like, what's going on? So yeah, I could kind of I could see that. Yeah, I just thought that was an interesting question because yeah. I had never really thought about it. I've always just taken her for what it is, you know, just mm -hmm. an older sister narrating. Yeah. It's got That's me thinking, um, you know, the other thing, you know, we talk about remakes. Um, what would you think if uh, they decided they're going to do a Silver Bullet, like a limited TV series, like, wow. you know, a 13-parter or, you know, or something like that? Like, I mean, a, like maybe a mini series or something like yeah, that or yeah i mean you kind could like get, you could really explore all the you know like the book how it goes month by month you could yeah you could that's really what i was thinking here yeah i mean i heard that because that's one of the things i loved about the book and and i think the movie does a decent job you know the fact that it's you know less than two hours to tell a story that's supposed to span a year um you know but i just had a thought you know, with all of these TV shows that have kind of become successful and popular, you know, kind of telling these stories in more of a long form approach that um, it might be interesting to see Silver Bullet done where like maybe each episode is a month in that year. Um, and so it's kind of this like slowly unfolding mystery as well as, you know, we've got a werewolf on the loose and we don't know when it, when it's going to strike next or you know how it's going to strike next um yep. so yeah it's just i it's of course i would love it just because it means oh that would be 13 hours of this story of this story <laughs> it'd be great to see a deep dive into some of the yeah. characters yeah yeah that'd be kind of cool yeah i mean they did that with the like salem's lot uh yeah. the original and uh it the original it you know so yeah that could right. be cool yeah yeah, I think uh, The Stand as well, didn't they? That's right. There have been uh, two, two versions of that, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
That's right. Although I think the more recent one I I didn't see. What is it about Stephen King novels that turn that makes them so so good that they turn them into miniseries? I think they're so they're so deep. I mean, like he's got. I mean, like when he really starts to write, yeah. Like some of those books are just like massive. Oh yeah, it's like I think he just got so much detail. I think they sometimes like they need to. Where like where like Maxim Overdrive is the complete opposite. You got the short story mm-hmm. of trucks, and then you try to, you try to expand it to make it. But in most cases, it looks like you know, like King gives us so much freaking information. It's yeah. like that. I think they're just trying to, yeah, have a have a miniseries. Just I so think one of King's greatest strengths, um, and I think it's part of why he, he can be long with his works, whether it's you know. It, which was, I remember, it was the thickest novel I'd ever seen in my life. I remember when it first came to the bookstores, I'm like, how can you even carry this thing around? It's like it weighed like five pounds. Um, But I think he's just really good with characters. He's always, that just, to me, my opinion, that's his strong suit. Whether it's short stories or novels, he just has a great way of creating these characters who are very believable, very memorable. And I think it just resonates with people, um, even if folks who aren't necessarily fans of horror. Um, King does such a good job with characters. I think that's what draws people in. I mean, obviously, the the horror elements are always, you know, exciting and interesting. But, you know, kind of supporting that is having these really interesting, strong characters who, you know, have relationships with each other and kind of, you know, positive or negative. And I think that's one of his strong suits. And I think that's why people kind of keep going back um, to his works because it's just some some really good um, relationships and character building in those stories. And the awesome, and the awesome dialogue, like, you booger. <laughs> Marty, you booger. Now, Pumpkin, Pumpkin, now don't say it. Don't talk to your brother like that. Your mother's talking to you, Pumpkin. You know, it's like... I'm like those are those are king those are king lines. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like okay, all right, you booger. That's what very thought provoking. Yes, it was. Like, <laughs> sometimes I go, oh my god. I was like, all right, it's supposed to be 1976, so okay, I'll let it slide. Yeah. If um, if you guys haven't read it, I, I highly encourage uh, to read his book uh, on writing, which you know he talks about just his whole kind of evolution from childhood to becoming a writer and all the the struggles that he had with you know drugs and alcohol and then his accident where he got hit by that guy uh in the van um but the back half of the book he talks about writing and uh, it's funny he, he has comments about dialogue and he had kind of offers up some examples from other writers you know good dialogue versus bad and i will say there's some books that he's written where the dialogue is really strong and then others where it's kind of like you booger. I mean, it's just kind of like <laughs> nobody talks like that, man. It's like, it's not even <laughs> close, but there have been times over the years where I would read stuff and certain dialogue would make me laugh out loud because it was just so on like dead on um, like with characters and, and, and so forth. But, um, but yeah, I just thought it was funny. He was like, pointing out other authors who whose dialogue skills weren't so good. And I was like, mm-hmm. you share some examples of your own work, mm-hmm. good and bad, but he didn't. 
<laughs> well, but you know, then again, Stephen King has got you know how many bestsellers, so I didn't, and I don't, so he can say booger all he wants, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's very rare that you get a writer who is good at characters, dialogue, plot, all of the elements. I mean, usually, you know, some writers are really good at characters, some are really good at dialogue, but they're not always good in the other things. It's kind of a balance. Yeah. But plus, like um, Garrett said, it was taking place in 1976, so I think that fits right in. Right, and that's probably, <laughs> and that's probably why he. Right. I think that's that's uh, that's probably why he was probably trying to think of stuff that was. But things know. were a little bit more wholesome back then. Right, yeah. exactly. There you yeah. go. I like the way he puts in uh, some certain things of Maine, uh, like the, some of the lingo, some of the talk. I I don't, didn't really notice it with Silver Bullet, but mm-hmm. you, you watch. Uh, uh, Salem's Lot and uh, uh, the Mike Ryerson character, you hear him every once in a while, I hear him going, Amp. Yep. Uh, the things that us <laughs> members will say, it's just a yep or yeah, we go, Amp. Yeah. And in the, uh, or in, in the uh, so we don't always say this, but instead of doors, he, he yells out to Ned, he says, Close the doors. <laughs> and I've heard people around here say doors like doors. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, he, he puts that in uh, in, uh, in his movies here and there. Uh, but I noticed it the most, well, at least lately anyway, with the Salem Slot and, uh, you know, the Amp and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't really notice a lot of that with Silver Bullet. But uh, Yeah, uh, I, I didn't. It changed a little bit of that, I think. I think it was, I think there was some original, like, I forget. It wasn't Sheriff Holler. It was something else. They they called him by, like, another name for Sheriff or something. I forgot what it was. The constable? Like a constable or something like that. It was something like that. It was, I think it was different. There's yeah. a there's a couple of things like that that was changed. Oh, there's one. Um, yeah, it, when the guy at the bar says, uh yeah, yeah, Andy, I've uh, I think you're you're behind on the air your or the heirs or your taxes. The rears. The rears, the rears, what it was, the rears on your tax. And I was like, <laughs> we don't we don't say that. You know, I was like, I'm like, that's not that's not a common yeah, she thing. Caught up, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That was that was a little. There was a little bit of, of in there. But. What are you trying to be smart? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he said, "Want to go? Want to go? Yeah. Want to go, fat boy?" <laughs> yeah. Now you boys better turn down your thermostats, or you can both get the hell out of here. You got me. <laughs> you sounded just like him. <laughs> you did. You did that great. You totally did. <laughs> now who's drinking? <laughs> oh goodness that was Garrett, was it you that was telling me stories about that actor and just about how oh my god it was he he had kind of a bit of a violent streak or a, a violent very violent streak. Streak. He, yeah he got arrested several times <laughs> got he was what did i say he got taken to like uh like a like a facility for like anger management i mean it wasn't it was before anger management but like they Something. I mean, there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of stuff there. Yeah. But he, and he he would get in, he would he was it was almost like when he wasn't drinking he was fine, obviously. But when he was but he'd get drunk and he'd get mean. He just get really really mean. And like and I guess he was drinking and he got he, like he beat up a college student or something. He was like in his late twenties or something. But he beat up a college student and I and I think that's what got him in big trouble one time. Yeah, he had. Yeah, I, I think he fought his demons like throughout his whole career, um, you know. But yeah, the, the, I, I forgot now. But there's a lot more to that story. I, I yeah. mean, there are stories, I should say. 
Sorry. I almost dropped my phone. Hang on a sec. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Yeah, you were talking about uh, main accents. I think the other Stephen King movie, um, the original Pet Cemetery, um, Fred Gwynn, who played Judd, I think he was really trying to go for an authentic main accent. Um, oh, yeah. At least, so I was told that I actually worked with someone who was from Maine, and somehow we got on the topic of Stephen King, I guess, just because, oh, you're from Maine? You know, Stephen King. And um, we got to talking about that movie. And he, he I remember him saying, that's a, probably about the closest in any of the Stephen King movies of somebody like actually using a Maine accent. Um, and so and I remembered reading about that movie that Fred Gwynn really tried to nail the, the correct accent. He was very much method in his roles and so uh he was really trying to make sure he had the accent as close to you know to reality as possible yeah, Craig, did, what do you think did, did he get it he did pretty good uh there was a i, I think i do remember a little moment there when uh, he did a little bit of a <laughs> with his deep voice you know a little air he's like talking about uh that road <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah i think he did sneak in like a, every now and then a little bit of an out but yeah that, south that park bit. does a very good spoof of the fred gwen from pet cemetery if you've ever yeah seen. yeah oh really uh, yeah. <laughs> check that out yeah the, the one out. thing i don't know if it's an actual line in the movie because it's been a while since i've seen the original pet cemetery um but my co-worker he would um he would say that a lot of old timers like that, if, you know, in these small towns, they're like, oh, you want to get that? You got to go to Banga for that, you know, or something, you know, where it's like Banga. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and there's, I think, a line where he says something like that in the movie. And so this guy worked with, he said, yeah, he was pretty close with that, you know, just that kind of <laughs> accent. It's kind of fun yeah, to hear the difference there, the, the fact of like, Cause usually like in the South, we, you know, like we get bad when people like, okay, maximum overdrive is horrible with their Southern accents. Like most throughout, like they don't do a good job of doing, I mean, in most, a lot of movies don't do a good job on Southern accents. It's, it's usually too over the top or it's one thing or the other, but occasionally people do get it right. And you kind of go, that's, that's, that's a good Southern accent. That's, yeah, that's not that's bad. True. That's pretty good. So it's kind of interesting to see the reverse happen about trying to do a good Northern Maine accent. Mm -hmm. It's nice yeah. to see that they're actually, you know, that's pretty, it's pretty cool to people kind of see it. So yeah. um, last Halloween um, for the podcast is kind of a, kind of a special surprise. I did an episode um, where I did a reading of Stephen King's short story, One for the Road, which is, um, I believe that one's in, um, I forget which collection it's in. But anyway, it's kind of like a sequel to Salem's Lot, where it takes place after the events in Salem's Lot, and it indirectly has to do with the town. Um, so I I decided to you know, just do an episode where I read this short story. And I remember going on YouTube and watching videos of how to speak with a main accent because I wanted to get it right for the characters. Of course, I totally butchered it, you know, trying to do these voices of these characters with main accents. But it was really funny because there was one video where this guy who did not have a main accent, but was like an actor who was like, had experience with different accents. He's basically walking through like how to talk like somebody from Maine. 
And um, I just remember listening to him again and again, trying to get it down and then recording that story. Like when I went back and listened to it, I'm like, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> but I just went ahead and, and put it out there. But uh, yeah, so if you want to hear a really bad Maine accent, listen to that episode because <laughs> you'll hear me butcher it a few times. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah, there's you, there's some in there, and uh, but I, I noticed the most with the uh, Salem's Lot and Pet Cemetery with Fred Gwynn and everything. Yeah, um, it's been a, I haven't really seen a lot of uh, uh, Stephen King's stuff, his other stuff uh, recently. It's it's been a little while. Yeah. But off the top of my head, those are the two that I I know that they get in the some of the main accents and lingo or whatever you call it there and everything and. It, it wasn't too bad. I mean, uh, Jeffrey Lewis as Mike Ryerson, he he did he did all right. Yeah. And uh, uh, because and all of us up here, I mean, we don't all sound the same and everything. We don't some like in our capital as Augusta, some will some will say uh, Augusta or some will say Augusta, even though it's it's, it's spelled Augusta, will say Augusta yeah. or Gardner will say Gardner. You know, something like that. That's you know, it's, great Boston right there. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. It sounds like a Boston yes. accent. Well, it may not, you know what, it may not even just simply be yeah. a it may not just simply be a main thing. It may just be a, a New England thing, you know, right. people very similar. I think it definitely, there's a thread. Yeah, that, New Hampshire has a yeah, same yeah. similarities. The, the guy that I was mentioning who did the video about how to use a main accent, he was talking about that, about how it's, it's really kind of a New England, um, overall, there's like a New England dialect. And it's just there's slight differences when you go from Maine to New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and so forth. Um, but it's the same way down here in North Carolina. I mean, very much so. You know, you'll hear people in the the western part of the state where the mountains are. They have a very different dialect versus those in the middle of the state, and then versus those who are out on the eastern part of the state and the coast. You can yeah. do it by county. I can. I can oh, hear. Yeah. I can hear somebody's speaking and i and i'm like sounds like a different probably, that's probably johnston county mm -hmm. or it's true it is absolutely or like true. sampson county and then going down the east to like to new hanover pender mm -hmm. that's a brunswick county that's i mean there's there's a there's a dialect there absolutely going even arts i'm in, okay i'm from durham okay like chris and i are from durham county uh which is kind of funny there's a durham you know main too but the durham county and but like Orange county is right next door in Alamance, I die, and I live in Alamance now. Alamance and Alamance and Orange have a different different dialect, mm -hmm. even from Durham. I mean, mm -hmm. or in in Wake, which is they're just side by side. I mean, yeah. so it's even. I can I can tell you the difference just listening, just even here locally, I can hear it. So that, that's country. that's not even taken in South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Arkansas. I mean, all that you know. So there's, and I'm sure they have their different dialects. Yeah. even there. So it's, it's kind of wild. Uh, the thing that I discovered in doing the reading of that short story, um, I don't know if it's the case with his newer works, but that was one of his early short stories. And having spent that time watching those videos and then going to the story itself, it's like King, his, his dialogue patterns, they lend themselves to a main accent. Like there were some lines in the story where I was, it was like effortless to kind of, use the accent because the way he constructed the sentences it's like oh yeah that's that's he's just following kind of the pattern of how people in that space might talk 
Um, I don't notice it as much with his newer works, but yeah, I think those early stories, he was really trying to capture the flavor of, yes, this is in Maine and it's in this part of Maine. Um, so yeah, I was, I came away from that reading, like even more impressed with him as a writer, just how he, because, you know, usually when you read stories, you don't read them out loud. Um, not Stephen King stories, at least. Um, and so it was really interesting because that's a story I've read many, many times. And reading it out loud, it's like, oh, yeah, I pick up on things that I wouldn't pick up otherwise. Anybody used to Stephen King movies or books, you're always going to read it internally in that accent, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I used to think that... Uh before I knew any better, especially before I really get on the internet back in the day. It's like when I did discover that uh, uh, Stephen King was from here, uh, I would hear that uh, the setting and everything was like took, would take place in Maine, you know, and even if it was imaginary uh, uh, towns like uh, Tarkas Mills or uh, Derry, stuff like that, you know. And so I thought at one point when I was younger that all of his, all of his movies were filmed in Maine and uh, well, of course, it didn't turn out that way, especially The Shining. That was, you see all the mountains. I was like, yeah, we don't have that kind of mountains over here. <laughs> it was like Colorado. But uh, uh, but yeah, at one point, I thought they were all filmed here. But uh, it only, uh, you know, I, well, I don't know if there was more than one, but I do know for a fact, obviously, that the original Pet Cemetery was filmed here. Mm. And I was actually, uh, I also, aside from that, uh, uh, that, that uh, cemetery that I mentioned earlier, uh, I actually did see the Creed House, uh, which is up in the uh, Hancock, Maine, and uh, uh, not not too far of a drive from Bangor. You got Bangor, then Ellsworth, and Ellsworth actually has a location there, but uh, uh, the, the rest is over by like Acadia National Park and Hancock and stuff. And uh, but yeah. other than, other than Pet Cemetery, I'm I'm not sure if he's filmed anything else here, but. Uh, and then I, eventually I would find out the silver bullet was down in North Carolina. It's like, man, that's so far. <laughs> it's like, I'm hoping one day I can get down there and see all that. I hope you can too, man. We will love to, I know Dale's already there, but I would, I would definitely come, I'll definitely come down and, and I will, I'll make sure Chris, I'll drag him to make sure he's there so we can all team up and, and yeah. see each other in person and, and do the locations. Cause it's, I mean, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole, I don't know. It's just, it, it blows my mind every time I ever, every, even though, even the ones I've seen multiple times, it's still like, it's, it's kind of like, it's just so cool. I mean, that's just one of the coolest things about being at an actual location where stuff was filmed, especially a movie that we love. Yeah. You know, get together and go and have something to eat over at Mr. Uh, 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 not, well, the bar and grill over there, Dixie Grill. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Robertson's. I think Mr. Rob uh, Robertson's. Robertson. You want to go to Robertson's? A soda? You want to get a soda, Marty? No, I'm good. No, thanks. <laughs> You're going to go home. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, that's what I was saying. I was telling Dale, it's like, uh, not only are you uh, so lucky that you're practically living in Tarkas Mills, but you've actually eaten in, in the Mr. Robertson's Bar and Grill. Or yeah, when you can get in. Right. We were going to eat. We were this past Sunday. We were supposed to, we're going to meet up and eat there like before going to film. Yeah. And, and my, and my other friend, Matt, who, who lives in the area, he actually lives in down in 
Uh, he lives down actually where Maximum Overdrive is filmed. All that stuff. He's he lives right down the street from all that. And but but he was telling us how busy it was down there. So we decided not to go. Not like I'm not to eat there. But we've ate. I mean, we've ate there before. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like we were missing out. Even Chris. I mean, like Chris and I've been there mm-hmm. and ate as well. So it's it's a pretty cool place. Yeah, it's good food. Yeah. Great food. And speaking yeah. of that, I guess we should wrap things up. I just, I will say before we, and we won't get, I won't go into great detail. We can talk about it later. We can, we can have a, we can have a part two to this. This is because, I mean, I mean, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. But Dale and I were able to, uh, there's a guy in England who, who found the, he found, he actually found the location of where the house, the Coslo house got moved. It was originally on, on Market Street. If I don't, it, it People don't care about some of that stuff, but it, but where it was originally, it was moved in the in the late '80s, some mid to late '80s after the movie was filmed, it was moved, and there was rumor, and I I thought it was rumor. Dale was like, "No, it's not rumor. It, it got moved. We just don't know. We don't know exactly where." I knew it was. I knew it was out in Scotts Hill because that's what the original owner told me, but he didn't know exactly where. So I have no clue how this guy from England found the found the road. Well, I could tell you, I, I could, okay. So, so Sawyer tells me, he goes, he goes, bad news, good news. And I'm like, I don't care. To, okay. I said, good news. Some of the good news first. He goes, well, they found the silver bullet house. They found the cause. I was, I was like, I was like, yes. You know, I was like, okay. Like, okay. What's the bad news? He goes, well, the bad news, there wasn't one of us that found it. I was like, I don't care. I was like, man, I've been begging people like by every time I do a video that's even even not even on that. I was I did a black phone video and I said, Hey, by the way, this is where the, the you know, the, like this is where the silver bullet house was. Hey, if anybody knows where it is, let us know. Yeah. I just want to know. I don't I didn't care about finding it. But so we so we told me they found it in Scott's Hill. And I was like, and then I was like, Are you serious? They, they it, it's it really does exist in Scott's Hill. And he's like, Yeah. And I was like, I was like, man. So I got on Google Maps even before he told me where the address was. And I just I spent about an hour, maybe an hour and a half looking. I found it an hour and a half look, and then I was mad at myself because I was like, like I mean, I, I just went street by street. I was just kind of going, look, 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 look. And I was like, and then eventually I eventually saw it. And I was like, that's how he found it. I mean, I was like, it just took some hard work. I mean, I mean, just take some time. And I just didn't, I you know, I was mad at myself for not taking the time earlier to do it, but well, like I said, I'm England, so kudos, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just happy. For him. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I've known, it, I don't, I don't I've known it's been out in Scotts Hill since 2004 when they told me, but I mean, I'm not going to get on Google Map and look at every single house in Scotts Hill. I mean, that's a that's a huge community. It, you know, it's it's not just that single road. Well, you know what I did when I did when, <laughs> and I th- I think this may be how he did it. I I was like. I looked at the what at on the on the style of the house, the size of the house, the way that was designed. So what I did, like that, like to kind of narrow it down a little bit. You could, if you go on Google View and you're looking, you're looking at the map and you zoom out a little bit. You can, it will show that it will show the kind of like the style of the house about the design of it. So I just kind of like I was looking, looking, looking. I was like, okay, that one looks like it could be like a similar style. Like or at least at least the, whatever I zoom in on that one, look at it. No, nope, that's not it. Keep going, keep going, keep going. I was like, okay, there's one that looks like it, but it, it was about an hour and a half worth of work, and yeah. and I came across it, and that's and so then I went back to Sawyer and I said, 
I said, hey, is this address for it? He goes, yeah, that's the address for it. You know, so I told him, I was like, but no, the guy in England found it, you yeah. know, and he deserves the credit. And I was like, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I've Here, let me see here. Just so we put it in the record so people are listening to the podcast to make sure we, I want to make sure that, but hey, Dale, while I'm doing that, Dale, why don't you give a quick synopsis about what happened on Sunday, just so we can wrap things up here. Cause I, I know we were probably way past our time that we wanted to do, but. Yeah. So uh, we went out to the house and we were going to just take some pictures. There's a empty lot uh, with a brand new house right next to it. So we all pulled in there and uh, we were going to just take pictures as closely as we could without going over to the um, stepping foot on the actual property. We didn't want to trespass. Uh, we actually saw the, uh, the house, the owner, gardening out on the side of the house and i was like hey um, hold on one second i'm going to run over here and just talk to her and hey, so Garrett i took says, off don't blow it don't blow it <laughs> <laughs> so i took off running over there to her trying not to sneak up on her too much and scare um but yeah we just started talking I introduced myself told her who I, who I was and who was with me and what we were doing and lo and behold she was she was excited about it she had heard uh, over the years that her house was in a movie um, she had the wrong movie, of course. She thought it was in Firestarter, <laughs> but we, so we explained to her which movie it was, and she was uh, by that time Garrett and um, uh, yeah, they they both came over. Um, we all started talking, introduced ourselves, um, and she gave us a little tour, took us inside. I, we weren't going to ask to go inside, but she offered. Um, took us up to the bedroom, showed us. Uh, we, well, we actually showed her. Uh, Marty and Jane's bedroom. We took pictures. She let us video. Um, stood in her living room and talked about everything. I mean, it was it was awesome. Yeah, she says, "You want to go inside?" And we were like, "Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, of course we want to go inside." I'm like, <laughs> I mean, you can't pass that opportunity up. No, I mean, no, um, not at all. I'm like going. Yeah. yeah, that was incredibly generous of her. You think in this day and age. You know, people would be like, "No, you're not coming in here." You know, kind exactly. of thing. That's that's awesome that she was so you know open to letting y'all come in and take video and photos. Yeah, shout out to Jenny. Her name is Jenny. I I don't call her last name, but she was so cool. Uh, very interested in the movie. She's gonna she's gonna um, try to watch it. I think we told her where she could stream it. So yeah, um, yeah. She did. She 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 texted me on Monday. Her and her husband watched it Sunday night. Oh yeah. yeah. So after we were there on Ooh. Sunday afternoon, they actually watched it. And she said it was just so wild watching it. That is awesome. And you know, like like watching her their home they're living in. Yeah. Watching it on their TV at home, yeah. watching the movie and seeing their home actually, even though it's a different location, but it's still there. That's the same house. It's the same. I mean that's awesome. Yeah. That so was the uh... I mean that had to be cool. So, Garen, I know we talked about this earlier today, but I don't remember what the answer was. So the living room scenes with Marty and Red, um, where they're playing, you know, uh, before the mom comes in and, you know, was that shot in the house or was that a set? I think as Dale yeah. said, I think that was that was filmed on I was filmed on, on a movie set. That was yeah, a, that was all set. set. OK, yeah. Yeah. But, from, they, but it was Dale that told her that he was he was the one who said. I think they filmed the the bedroom scenes were actually filmed in the house, and so that's and when know, she was like that, and that's when she said, "Well, you want to come inside?" And we were like, 
Yeah. yeah, of course we do. Well, yeah, because, well, like I said, the, the original owner, Mark Rhodes, he confirmed that his bedroom and his sister's bedroom was used for filming. Um, okay. So I had, I knew that for a fact. But when she offered us to come inside, I mean, obviously, we want to go inside just to confirm, you know. Yeah. And it was. I mean, I can I mean, that yeah. we could we could see the. I I, I got to I, I filmed it and, and I'll put a video out. I mean, obviously about it soon. Uh, but yes, it's the how is the the guy who found it? Uh, it's at how at on on Instagram. It's at Halloween filming locations, and yeah. it, but I was told that he's out of he's out of the England or out of the UK England area. So uh, so he's you know he's not even here. He's kind of he's, he's kind of like Craig. He's out of he's in a different location, but he's still finding look. He's still finding locations, yeah. which is pretty which is pretty cool because if you're not even there and you're still finding stuff, that's, that's some dedication. Yeah, it is dedication. Uh, it's got to give kudos for sure. I mean, uh, but going back to the house, my, my favorite part of that that house was the back Marty's window with the electrical panel. That was so awesome to see in person. Where he, you, you could see where he climbed up and climbed down. Yeah, and That's we and, and Dale and I went around when we filmed the beginning of the we we first started out at where the house used to be. Where the big tree out front of the house that you see multiple times, you know, in the movie. Well, we went around back, and I think Sawyer had posted that picture one time before. And we went out there to the back, and it's like you can line up there. That there's a tree where where the dad is 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 grilling on the on the on the old charcoal kind of grill, you know, the ones the little round ones. And you can in the in the tree in the tree in the backyard is still exists behind the behind the on the strip mall thing and the fence back there you can you can line that up perfectly which which then in turn we went to to the house and then you were actually able to look at the back of the house and see exactly where marty came out and 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 basically where you know where they were doing their you know the, their badminton and all that kind of stuff outside the back on that back door area over there so it's it, it I mean, so, it was surreal. It was, it was surreal. It was surreal to actually go from one, go see the tree, go see the tree in the backyard, be where it was, where it was. And what's wild is like it, you can. Um, Dale brought this up when we were there. He was talking about there was like he 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 was telling me that there was like this building that it's like a brick, like, like an old brick building that you can kind of see like it on the other side of the driveway. And I just thought it was like a like a garage, like it's like a separated building or whatever. But he was telling me that it was actually like apartments that that college students would you would rent out or something. But that's close to where Chick-fil-A is now. Like that like, yeah. oh, there's a Chick-fil-A. It's not exactly where Chick-fil-A is, but it's pretty close to it. And so I don't know. It's just kind of surreal to actually be it like like be it a tree is still there. The tree in the backyard is still there and then go see the house that's still that's that's I mean, that's yeah. in existence. That's, that was pretty that's cool. as, Yeah. That's as close as we're going to get. Everything was already moved, but I mean, yeah, it could have been worse. Everything could have been torn down. All the trees cut down. Oh yeah. The trees could be gone. The house could be gone. I mean, so yeah, it is, is that. So it happens a lot of the time too. I mean, they just level everything, but this time they at least let, uh, let the, some of the trees remain, especially the big one out front. You know, I'm glad that they at least left that one anyway. Yeah. Of course, I mean, yeah, I mean, like that's the most. I mean, that's the that's the fam most famous one of all. 
But yeah, it's just cool. Yeah. I mean, it was just this is neat. Because it, because you know, I mean, I mean, you know what? So I mean, and just think about this, like on at the courthouse in Burgall, the Pender County courthouse. There used to be a, you know, all those magnolia trees, and there's a bunch of other trees that are in the, the beginning of the scenes. Most of those are gone. I mean, most of the oak trees are gone. I mean, there's some left, but a lot of that got took away because of the hurricanes. I mean, that's yeah. over the years have taken them out. So to think that. Two at least two of the trees that you can see in shots in Silver Bullet, where they tore everything else down, but those trees have survived hurricanes after. I mean, Bertha, Fran. I mean, I mean, like those are ones I lived through in the night in the nineties there, and then they face and they. There's been a ton more since, and those trees are still standing. Uh, it's pretty impressive. No, because it's like when I wanted to, when I do go down there, <laughs> uh, hoping to, uh, I wanted to see the tree that uh, uh, Brady was hanging from with the snake, but I imagine that one's probably gone too. It's so. gone. And it, unfortunately, yeah, I I looked for that. That's one of the ones I was, because I was, I had the brilliant idea. I was going to like, I was going to climb at one of those trees and do that, kind of reenact that scene, but that tree is gone. And then unfortunately, I actually got on film. I got where Marty's tree was and Brady's tree was. It was that the, the, they were still there, and then they took and they took those down. Like since then, they cut them down at the park, which sucks. I was I was oh, wow. I was pretty mad about those. <laughs> the, good, the good news is um, we did speak with someone that uh, worked at that park back in you know during filming. That uh, gazebo used to be in a different spot. So eventually, one day, hopefully, when I get up with this guy. He's going to meet me out there and show us, and we're going to video showing where the gazebo was uh, in 1984, whatever it was. So there will yeah. be another. There'll be some more stuff to come out on, you know. But but this is a huge. I mean, like finding the house is is that's that's massive. That's major for us. I mean, for, that, that for was the Holy Grail. Yeah, it is the Holy Grail. Yeah, no doubt. That's really cool. All right, Chris, so, like, you want to you want to you want to sum things up for us? Yeah, no, thanks so much, guys, for being a part of this. Um, it, you know, as I said at the outset, Silver Bullet is a movie that's near and dear to us, you know, for, for Garrett and me, and certainly, you know, one that we love going back to as much as we can. So this opportunity to talk with you all, to learn more about your own experiences with the movie, you know, watching it, continuing to watch it, having the Facebook page, and then, you know, also the interest in the locations. Um, you know, it's like, I, I knew that I was looking forward to this call because I knew it was going to be an opportunity for us to kind of just you know, talk to some like-minded folks and just geek out on this movie that we love so much. So really appreciate you taking the time to to join us here on the podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll get you back again soon to talk more about this. Cause like we, we never run out of things to talk about when it comes to silver bullet uh, and movies made here in Definitely. North Carolina. So yeah. just thank you so much for the for joining us tonight. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Appreciate um, yeah, you guys definitely. If you guys ever do a maximum overdrive, cat's eye, or maybe you know even night flyer, invite me. That'd be awesome. It's funny. Night flyer is actually coming. It's yeah. actually going to be one of our. It's going to be one of our. I think it's going to be the last thing of this month. Yeah. So like this week is coming up is we're on the main part of the podcast is going to be. It's Cujo, right. and then it will be, and then it's a, and and then it's going to be the Dead Zone, 
-hmm. and then we and then we did the night flyer after that okay we've labeled so like well it's kind of a tradition like every october we try to do um just you know celebrating horror movies um as we lead up to halloween and so this year we we've called it uh, a very stephen king halloween so everything that we're covering this month is stephen king so we started off with cat's eye we did an episode about that uh last week we did christine this week as garrett said we're doing cujo and then we're going to wrap it up this month with uh the dead zone and uh and then kind of as our special halloween treat we're going to do one about night flyer awesome yeah and guys i'm sorry that it took me so long to sign on i it's like the the link wouldn't work and i i had zoom on there but it was outdated and they're telling me that i had to uh, update oh, yeah. it but it wouldn't it wouldn't update so i had to just get uninstall get rid of the old zoom and then reinstall the new version of it and everything and i had to sign uh, you know um you know sign up and all that stuff and everything oh, and yeah. then i went to the link and then finally it all worked and came together so it worked out I well because i had to take i had to pick my son up from the football games and take his take a couple of his friends home so it worked out perfectly greg yeah, so. yeah no worries there at all yeah i've been there too i know sometimes zoom can be a little cantankerous with especially with updates um so yeah no worries glad you're able to join us 945 and here it is like 10 after i'm like oh my gosh it's like this thing better work soon (laughs) (laughs) it was worth the wait yeah oh definitely oh god yeah it's been a lot of fun a lot of fun yeah we do this again so we both definitely let me know okay no doubt we absolutely will this has been great this is my very first podcast too ever so Yeah, so this is you know, awesome. This is, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you did great. So yeah. I, yeah. yeah, it's just I mean, after you get used to it, you just it's just it's just talking with it's just talking amongst friends, especially yeah. people I can who ha- love the same thing that you love. That's what makes it. I can handle it. this way better than I can uh, handle being in front of the camera. <laughs> well, you did good I'll, on this too. But you're, you're, I'm I'll trying leave, to get Dale comfortable in front of the camera. So I'll leave the YouTube to you, to you, Garrett. Uh, we're gonna get it we're gonna make it happen yeah and that's the thing it's like going i don't you know it's like dude it's like do like i mean i was talking to chris today earlier and i'll I'll shut up but it's like i was like mr thrasher he's a guy on youtube he he did a back to the future video that he put out today it was pretty good he was it was really good actually but he was doing locations for it and i told chris i said there's probably been a hundred videos on back to the future film locations but the thing is it's like going if you put your twist and your thoughts on it, it's like I don't, I don't care if, if, if there's been a thousand videos on Silver Bullet. Yeah, I, I love Silver Bullet. I'm gonna give you my take on what I'm on what I'm seeing. It doesn't mean that someone else. Uh, it was the same way when Scott. It's when Scott on tape came and did he did his take on it. I was like, I applaud it. I was like, because it brings more more people, more people looking at the movie and at the locations and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't look at it as competition he's got me beat by competition he's got a huge following and i'm not i'm not trying to be scott on tape but my point of it is it's like going do your own you know like do your own take on it i'm 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 great on that i think it's i think it's, it, it brings a whole new light you know on if, something so. if, if you if you like the youtube the youtuber it's it's like going to the location with him you know yeah i mean you yep exactly mm-hmm. yep Definitely. And uh, I had to point out uh, that uh, of all the real quick going back to filming locations, the one that we could never find 
that you found, Garrett, <laughs> and it was like right there the whole time was Andy's uh, sporting goods. It was right next to the bar. And you it remember? Was, you got, yeah, you I was like, that was like, it was like, I was, I was in that scene. I was like, there's a the sign crazy. hanging above, right? It was right. It was right there in plain sight all along. It was just like. I know. And you remember, wow. I, I if I got you laughing there or something, it's like, well, it's no wonder Andy's always out at the bar. He pretty much lives in the upstairs. He lived right, right next, next to the bar. He was right next to the bar. Exactly. That's why he was there all the time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there's new information. Maybe we'll do the next video, uh, Dale. There's some new information. Like there's a movie. What's it called, Chris? The Bedroom, the uh, the Bedroom Eyes. It's the, Stephen Guttenberg did oh, it. The Bedroom Window. The Bedroom Window. There, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they used... They it's used the bullet. bar that they 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 used the, the bar that was in Carolina Beach. The interiors yeah. was used in that movie as well. And yeah, and me and Sawyer downloaded that movie the same night and watched it. And uh, it, you could barely, t I mean, it was just a little snippet at the end of the movie. Yeah, but there's there's enough in there. I can I, there's some stuff there that's pretty cool. We'll we'll dive into that later at some point in time. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. Cool. All right, I'll Thank say good night. I'll cut this off. I'll say it. But thanks, guys, for being on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and make sure you guys check out the the Silver Bullet Facebook group. Check them out. Go if you love Silver Bullet. Check it out. It's, it's yeah. awesome. Uh, and give it and give it a like and a follow. Yeah, and, absolutely. All right, thanks, man. guys. We appreciate later. Thanks, Al. And that was our chat with Dale and Craig of the Silver Bullet Facebook page. We hope you enjoyed that interview. It was a lot of fun getting to know them and just hearing about their passion for Silver Bullet, talking about the locations, talking about that huge discovery of finding the house that was such a center point of that movie. And I still just, <laughs> I know I've asked Garrett this, we've talked about this so many times, but just trying to understand why somebody would pick that house up and move it somewhere, I still am trying to understand that. But mystery solved, the house has been found, and uh, it's a great experience. In fact, just yesterday, Garrett released his video about the house. So you can find that on YouTube at All Things 80s with Garrett. So be sure to check that out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Garrett did a lot of hard work. Uh, detective work thanks to the help of others and uh, was able to meet the the current owner of the house and um, we talked about that of course in the interview but yeah check that video out and also check out our podcast coming up Friday where we're going to be talking about the last Stephen King adaptation in our month-long celebration in October a very Stephen King Halloween it just dawned on me that Halloween is over, but consider this a bonus to the bonus. Uh, we, we are going to be covering The Night Flyer. If you haven't seen that movie, uh, I'm going to tell you up front, uh, good luck finding it streaming. It's not available for streaming, but you can find it if you look for it on a certain website that's all about videos. That's all I'm going to say. I'll just give you that little clue. Go look for it. You should be able to find it unless you're someone who actually has the DVD. And if you do, um, I need to talk to you. <laughs> so, um, but that's all for today. I uh, hope you had a fantastic Halloween. 
We will see you on Friday with our coverage of the Night Flyer. Until then, have a great rest of the week. We'll see you soon.